We Watch This is brought to you by the BYNK Podcast Network, where you can listen to several different podcasts, such as The Social Introvert with Sid Davis, or you can listen to Sex with Friends with Whitney Janae, or you can listen to anything Carefree Black Nerd. Rain Coleman has a podcast coming up called Renaissance on Rewind, where he will be talking about the Beyonce album Renaissance, breaking it down, telling you guys what's going on with it. Can't wait. I'm super excited about it. Coming up, either they don't know, don't show, or just don't care about what's going on in the hood. This week, Boys in the Hood. This is Los Angeles, gang capital of the nation. It just goes on and on, you know. Either they don't know, don't show, don't care about what's going on in the hood. South Central L.A. Yo, Benita, let's do the local thing. It's tough to beat the streets. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? You shoot the motherfucker. You have to think, young brother, about your future. No, why you sweat me? You're my only son, and I'm not going to lose you to no book. Hey, don't worry about it. I can take care of myself. Trey wanted to work his way up. Trey is a grown man now. He is not a little boy anymore. Heard you like Mr. GQ Smooth now. Maybe some of what you gotta rub off on it. Ricky was looking for a better life. I wanna do something with my life, right? I wanna be somebody. When you were a little boy, you used to run around here all the time with that football in your hand. I always knew you would amount to something. Doughboy was living by the laws of the street. You looking at nigga? We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Can we have one night where there ain't no fight, nobody gets shot? It's hard to be a saint in South Central LA. I don't understand why you insist on learning things the hard way, Trey, but you're gonna learn. How to survive in South Central with number one. Get yourself a gun and then South Central game. That's how you survive. Rule number two. Trust nobody, especially a girl with a hookless body. <laughs> Rule number three, don't take your life for granted. This is the craziest place on the planet. Something wrong? Something wrong, yeah. It's just too bad you don't know what it is. Welcome back to another episode of We Watch This. This is the Cinema Podcast from BYK Radio Productions. My name is Cole Jackson, and I am joined by two very great... Ooh, we always have great conversations when we talk about movies. I'm joined by my forever co-host, Mr. Rain Coleman. What's up, what's up, y'all? I'm all grown up. I ain't a little boy no more. <laughs> and we're also joined by the illustrious... Love to have him on the podcast. Uh, he always gives some great takes. Mr. 12 Cow from 12 Cow Podcast. What's going on, brother? What up, what up, what up? Back in the building. What's good, man? 
as you can clearly see, this is probably one of my favorite movies of all time because it reminds me of so much. Um, if you don't know, I grew up in the Bay Area. Now, I didn't live in South Central. I've only been to L.A. maybe twice in my life. But, boy, this is it's so much... I know it's so much that happened during this time when this movie came out. It's ridiculous. Let me get to some of the facts, some early facts about the movie. Uh, Boys in the Hood released July 12, 1991. It was written and directed by John Singleton. Here's what the IMDb says. It says, follow the lives of three young males living in Crenshaw in the Crenshaw ghettos of Los Angeles, uh, dissecting questions of race, relationships, violence, and future prospects. Yeah, that was whitewashed. Look, I'm just going to get get to it real quick. First of all, like there was real gang violence going on at the theaters when this movie came out. I I we I couldn't go see it when well, I was too young to go see it, but uh I could have got in. My uncle would have took us, but Oh, we know. <laughs> we couldn't go because it was real gang violence happening um right after the first week of the movie coming out, actually the week of the movie coming out, to be honest with you, it did increase. I do remember that there was a situation, there was a time where um, the media made it sound, I'm not saying that, <laughs> I'm not saying that it was good gang violence going on, but the media really portrayed the gang violence that was happening uh, around this movie way worse than what it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people don't know that Cube's character were, was portraying the Rolling Sixty Crips, and the the it was the I think it was the Twenties Bloods that was being represented in this movie. Also, a lot of people don't mm. recognize that. Now, a lot of people don't know this either, but people actually John Singleton got death threats behind this movie from from real Bloods. Like they didn't like the way they were portrayed in the movie. Um, it was a situation where a lot of people just did, wasn't feeling, especially like real life Bloods didn't didn't did not like what was going on in the movie. So that actually happened. It was real gang violence that happened. I just remember my aunt was just like, y'all ain't gonna never go see this movie. I ain't gonna never, and you know, y'all can't leave and go see this movie. She was scared. <laughs> 12 Cow, mm -hmm. did you go see this in the theater? You damn right I did. <laughs> <laughs> what, was your, what was the atmosphere like for you? Cause you were still in the South when this came out, correct? Yes, sir. Um, what's interesting, and I mentioned it on previous podcasts, and it's worth repeating, uh, I'm a little bit more seasoned than my fellow co-hosts here, so I'm a little bit older, right? So uh, this movie came out literally like a month after I graduated from high school. So I'm 17, 18 years old. And um, I remember I, re I remember like yesterday, I actually went on a date with this girl who I was trying to get with. Um, <laughs> you went on a date with to see boys. Yeah, we went to see boys in the hood. Yo. Real talk, man. Real talk. And what was what was kind of funny was like as the movie was going on, like she was, you know, kind of uh, religious, like uh, uh, Brandy. Um, Brandy's character, the character uh, that Neil Long played too. So I was like, you know, oh I was like, well, this ain't no romantic movie. I don't know if I'm gonna get a kiss after this or whatever. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, man, I saw it in the theaters and I grew up in a little small town, Florence, South Carolina. And so we didn't have the threat of violence, or anything like that. But there were people who were um, apprehensive about going to the movies to see it. 
Um, but I do remember it came out on a Friday. I saw it that Saturday. And all my my boys that went Friday was like, yo, man, you got to go see it. I was like, don't tell me nothing. I don't want nothing to happen. So I and I, I don't even, to be honest, as I was watching the trailer, it was playing, and I've seen other trailers. I don't remember really seeing a detailed trailer. Like the trailer might have been like a 30-second spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't even really get a – because in that trailer, you can kind of get the gist. I mean, now – Granted, everything's hindsight is twenty twenty. You can kind of see how the movie plays out, but we didn't know. So I watched everything in real time. Mm-hmm. So um, my memories are very clear of that movie, man. Um, like I said, I was on a date and I can't believe we went you to took see a date it, man. To go see boys in the- <laughs> yeah, man. I was trying to <laughs> mac. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to mac this girl I went to school with, but um, and um, but yeah, man, it was it was there were some concerns. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm in Florence, South Carolina. So, it, I mean, there's no gangs there or anything like that. So, and, and the point that you made about, you know, Ice Cube, I do remember, I do remember there being taught, but this was like maybe about 20 years later. Like, I don't, I didn't realize that Cube was supposed to be a Crip because mm-hmm. he's not really wearing blue. Now, you see the other guys, they're in red. And I never really made the connection of the two. And until, you know, like I said, it's probably about 20 years after the movie came out. And somebody was like, yeah, you know, Cube, the, the, the Bloods were mad because the Crips, I'm sorry, the, the Crips were mad because, I'm sorry, the Bloods were mad because the Bloods got killed. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to get killed. Right. And I'm like, well, they, didn't they kill somebody? You know, they killed Ricky. Like, you know, so, but, um, but yeah, man, it, it was, it was cool. It was dope seeing it in, in the theater. Uh, uh, my date, I do remember she was terrified. So. <laughs> yeah yeah bet Ray how do you feel about this movie I love it it's a childhood favorite we would watch it after church actually now um I I truly (laughs) after church (laughs) hey look it's the pick me up. You know what I'm saying? You go get the word, then you come home and you get the Oh my the gosh. Don't unfiltered. No, uh I I enjoyed it, but then I honestly don't know if I can separate my feelings about it from like nostalgic feelings. Cause like content aside, because it is a heavy film, this is a comfort movie for me. This is like very much invoking those childhood feelings of like being outside. Though I was in the Midwest, we had neighborhoods that looked like the um trey's neighborhood maybe houses were slightly different but green grass house uh um street full of houses nice cars like they had because i mean they may not have been nice at that time or maybe they were i don't know i was a kid but a lot of what i saw in this movie felt very familiar and i'm not even uh, i didn't grow up in an environment that was so overtly i'll say hood for like a shorthand in the way that this movie portrays but I get the bad parts about it, but it still to me is like home. Like it's it's a, a movie, ironically enough, that like I could throw that mug on and just have it playing in the <laughs> right. background. Like, all right, yeah, yo, Ricky finna do these SATs or whatever. Um, <laughs> but as it pertains to the Blood Crypt thing, I knew that as a kid, but I don't know. I don't know if it was something childlike, like I learned about Bloods and Crips and was like, oh, is that what that is? Or if that was like conversations that were had that I then, you know, internalized and was like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, so I don't know how I came to know it. But I, yeah, I knew about that for for a while. But, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, Gave me a peek into how the other the other part of the world lives. Little did I know Cole was on the block. (laughs) <laughs> when we was growing you know up. what's interesting that what you said that made me think 
like this was our first visual but like as as a child uh, some a kid who was listening to hip hop at the time mm-hmm. like we heard the stories that, like like mm-hmm. one of my favorite groups at the time was NWA yeah. so this was the first visual mm-hmm. this was the first cuz prior to this we had I'd never seen what Compton looked like I never mm-hmm. saw what well, I'd been I went to LA in 87 but I was in like Pasadena I wasn't in right, right, right. or anything like that mm-hmm. so this was the first visual as to what I think or at least what they wanted LA, wanted us to think LA looked like. Yeah, and um, it was it was incredible, man. I mean, it, it made it look like it sounded when mm. when Ice Cube and, and Easy rapped about it. Yeah, man. yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I I had never been to LA before either. Like Compton or Inglewood or Watts or all these other spots that they're talking about. Man, I just knew like Vallejo and <laughs> and San Francisco <laughs> and Oakland. Like the worst place I had ever been was East Oakland. So I ain't, you know, I ain't never really, I didn't know none of that. You know what I'm saying? So it was um, just to, just to um, see all of that, especially as kids, because I had friends that were similar. Like we used to watch the projects, like like you know, not that they was in projects that, that which really kind of was crazy to me. But we used to watch the projects like that, and and mm-hmm. the same type of situation where the dudes was hanging out, chilling, yep. and you know, and they'd be like, "Hey, little man," like all that shit. Mm-hmm. And I had like furious. I had like two uncles that made up Furious. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I had an uncle mm-hmm. that taught me stuff about like life and and I never forget I had an uncle that that taught me about chess and stuff like that and then I had another mm-hmm. uncle that was like, "Hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, use a condom. Don't be fucking these girls." Like, you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. different stuff. I had I had several uncles in my life that um that remind me a lot of Furious styles and um just just some of the stuff that happened in the movie was so close to like how I used to do stuff when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just yep. it's a very good reminder. Like it, every time I watch that movie, I, I just I just think about my friends that I had. I think about like the uncles that taught me that kind of stuff and and used to talk to me the same way that that because uh, Furious for for all intents and purposes was, was very he was woke without being. Um, stuffy Very or mm-hmm. heavy handed mm-hmm. like he was just kicking a lot of knowledge and it was I, I used to man I had an uncle that was just like that that would just like, break down a lot of stuff man and just say hey this is how it goes this is what life is about I think Furious Styles was just um, amazing <laughs> um, hey, yeah. what a, I agree. Rain how, how do you feel about Furious and um, we're probably gonna well let's get into the conversation now Okay. Lawrence Fishburne plays Furious Styles. Mm-hmm. Yes, First of all, how do you feel about that character in this in this in this movie? I enjoyed him. I, I enjoyed him a lot. Like you said, he is um, a combination of a lot of different men from my life, especially from back then. Where even if we're going to be a hundred percent transparent here, even when growing up as a queer kid, seeing men like him in different stages of my life from like church and school and family and whatnot, even the men who were um, problematic or had uh, um, thoughts and ideas and beliefs that were like directly against my very being, I was a kid. So, you know, you don't advocate for yourself the same way, but even in the midst of those types of men, I found so much, a furious in them 
And that's a, you know, conversation for another day, being queer growing up and all that good shit or whatever. But like tabling that portion, I found a lot of him in one specific example was my music teacher, Mr. Eric Majid. He was a Muslim man who had been my music teacher from seventh grade through 11th. I had never met a man like him. He was very animated. His daughters and I were in the same grade, so I was always seeing him even when it wasn't class. And he would just give some of those same maybe like drive-by comments, you know, uh, make sure you press your pants tomorrow. You know, you look like shit today, but, you know, saying with love. (laughs) Like, he was very much like, you have to be your own part. You have to do better. You can't just, like, so... That was it's probably part of the nostalgia for me, um, especially when I got a little bit older. A lot of my cousins I mentioned in the episode prior were older, so they were like in Greek organizations. They were very pro-black, a different world type blacks. And so that ideology from Fury, that was I had, I couldn't escape it if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no way. No right. way. What about mm-hmm. you, Kyle? Man, I love Furious as a, as a character. I thought uh, one of the things that I loved about it is that prior to that time, I don't recall ever seeing someone that positive and strong and as far as a black man mm. on TV or in movies. Now, you know, there might have been some characters that I didn't uh, that I didn't see, but um, you know, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you who who it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the thing that I loved about Furious is that you know he was there like from day one. So even though we, we get introduced to Furious and, you know, Trey, I mean, he and, and Trey's mom aren't together anymore, but he's a father figure in his life. And, you know, she does something that's very uncomfortable for her is, you know, kind of letting go of her son, their son to let him go live with his father. Because at that particular time, he's getting in trouble. You know, she can't really keep, a, you know, keep him under wraps or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that was a very pivotal because I'm assuming Trey was probably about 10 or 11 at that time. Yeah. You know, very pivotal point in a in a young man's life, and so now he has to go live with his role with his dad, who was his role model, and his dad is showing teaching him responsibility. He's having you know talks with him. He's not just you know giving him reasons to do stuff like Trey mentioned. He was like, "Well, Dad, why, why do I have to you know clean the bathroom? Why do I have to do this?" And he's like, "I'm teaching you responsibility." And he's like, well, "What do you do?" He said, "Hey, I pay the bills. Uh, you know, I, I put food on the plate, uh, food on on the table, I, and I put clothes on your back." He said, "That's my job." And so he's slowly but surely teaching him responsibility. And he makes a, a comment in the movie, and he said, "You know," he said. A lot of people don't have what you have as far as me and as a father. Mm-hmm. He said, just like your little friends across the street. He said, you're going to look and see how they turn see out. And that was are. very, that turned out to be very uh, prophetic, <sighs> you know, in his part, man. But it, it was, I love the character, man. I love the character. I love the dialogue between, you know, he and his ex-wife. They seem to have a, you know, working relationship. Mm-hmm. And they seem to, I, I can't really say that they were friends, but they understood that they had to coexist for the greater of Trey. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Furious was he he was <laughs> like like Ice Cube called him in a movie, uh, Malcolm Farrakhan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the favorite characters in the movie for me for sure. Man, you know what's funny? One time I went to uh I had watched this movie randomly and I was like, I'm finna do so I went to the barbershop to get a haircut. So I randomly was like, I just did this pop quiz on people and I was like, What was the name of Trey's father in Boys in the Hood? Do you know nobody knew Furious's name? What? Mm. They wow. was like, what? Like, oh, 
know. I said his name was Furious Styles. Mm -hmm. How do you forget Furious Styles? You can't, you can't forget that. That's a classic name. I think his name is Furious. I just it was it was very crazy to me. One thing I want to double back on real quick too. Both of you guys said this, and I, I wanted to say this too. Like I don't think I've I ever seen a um a positive black father figure like that either like mm -hmm. in that way i mean other than like the cosby show or something like that but mm -hmm. i mean in that way like in the situation that was in as far as like being in the hood and stuff like that and then you know also furious was an entrepreneur like he had his own business mm -hmm. and yep. he made a furious uh, styles financial yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, you get cash for people holes there is no exactly. what or what <laughs> um yes sir and I like the 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 fact that Furious just was just kind of real calm and cool, mm -hmm. um, just telling Trey different things in different situations. I think the only time you really see Trey, uh, you see Furious mad, is the end when Trey starts. Mm -hmm. You know, he he going to get his gun, and he's like, "Yo, ain't no son of mine finna go out. You not finna go do this." You know, mm -hmm. and and that standoff is. That I'm stepping on favorite scenes already, but man, that's that scene was so powerful. Lawrence Fishburne deserves an Oscar for that for mm -hmm. that role. Also, I don't care what yeah. damn what yeah. anybody says. Hands Somebody down. needed to give that man an award because he killed that role. Yeah, killed right. it. Is this one of Lawrence Kyle? Is this one of Lawrence Fishburne's best? It or is it his best role? If it's not, if it's, it's definitely one of his best. I mean, you know, his, the roles, you know, with the Matrix and stuff like that was, I mean, I mean obviously you know, those commercially did better. But I love this role, if for nothing else, is that he he was a man's man and he was a strong black man. Mm -hmm. And even in, if you if you go back to the scene early in the movie where he and Trey went, where they went fishing, he told him like, hey, I'm 17 years older than you. Mm -hmm. He never said you were a mistake. He's like, but, you know, when I had you, when I found out that, that your mom was pregnant with you, I knew that I had to become a better man. He said he went into the service mm -hmm. and he's telling he's giving Trey these gems now at the age that Trey is. Like I said, he's about 10 or 11. He's not really catching that, but he's letting him know, like, look. And then and that goes into as he got older, Furious was like, look, I don't want I ain't ready to be a grandfather. Mm -hmm. I don't want and basically saying in so many words, I don't want to I don't you're not a mistake. But I don't want you to make the same same mistake that I did in becoming a father early. Mm -hmm. I want you to take your time, go to school, get on your feet, and then you know settle down and then become a, a father. But I mean, he he gave his son so many gems, and mm -hmm. I think Close. you know even as we even as yeah, hugs loved him and loved on him, and I think you know ultimately it was furious talking to Trey when he was in the back of that car. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know when he when he asked Doughboy to get out, I, that was furious. We don't see you know, him talking, mm -hmm. but he knew that. And that's something that, you know, all of us, we get instilled in that from our parents. Mm -hmm. You know, we know right from wrong, hey. you know, mm -hmm. some people just ignore it, Yeah, you know, but furious. I, I, I love the character, man. I loved it. Yeah. One of his, definitely one of his best. One of my, it's, it's definitely my favorite role that he played. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Rain? Pee Wee Herman is my favorite. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Cole? I thought we were you, you weren't supposed to bring hey, hey, I look, I was a kid. I, I, I was like, okay. I remember Cowboy Curtis. Shoot. I remember Cowboy Curtis. I'm, I asked, is this his best? Is this Lawrence Fishburne's best role? Um, truthfully, Do you think it is? I think 
Yeah, to break the rules a bit, I think you combine combine this with his role in school days because I feel like they're they're okay. essentially mm. the same person but at two different um, stages in life. So I would say this one because he the way he's um, presented in this movie, not only is he giving these gems to his son, but just by virtue of being in the audience, like we're receiving these as well. Versus in school days, it was more or less about the plot and about making things better. But I do think the ideology is very similar, if not all the same. So I think I think this one may very well be, but you have to include Dab. Like you, yeah. you have to. Even without that nerd uh, shared universe shit in my head, like that aside, like you, they're the same person, man. They're the same person. Uh, but no, I, I, I would say so. I would say so. Um, because even if you look at Blackish, you get some of the same stuff. I mean, it's played mm-hmm. up for comedy and laughs, but you can see that through line. And not to say that he oh, had no like all of this influence on the script, but there's no. I think this is probably the greatest because when I think of Lawrence Fishburne, this is the role that comes to mind. Even if I do Mm -hmm. think of Matrix or I do think of Blackish or whatever, Boys in the Hood, yeah, this was everybody's daddy. This was, you know, so, so yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I I just feel like, I feel like Lawrence Fishburne killed this role. Mm -hmm. I think Lawrence Fishburne needs a little bit, he needs to be celebrated a little bit more than what he does, man. Not to say that he probably not celebrated, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like we give that man his flowers enough, man. But um, fish, how what? can we? So it's like, because I, I, I hear that a lot, and I, I'm not, I agree with you. I'm not like saying you're mm-hmm. wrong, but we get that a lot with our black uh, creatives, and you know. Lord forbid when they pass that we get a little bit more attention on them and whatnot. But it's mm-hmm. there it's it's almost not impossible, but it's very difficult and challenging for us to give these flowers to these people when they aren't booking these roles like a lot of our their white counterparts. Like of course we can keep them in mind, but when we are not the majority or not yeah. the ruling power, we can celebrate him all day long devote a full podcast to it you know everything but it's kind of difficult to in general because there's no actual black twitter there's black spaces on twitter but there's no literal physical black twitter to keep things you know so yeah not to discredit what you're saying because i do agree but it's it's hard though it's hard i understand where you're coming from that's right Mm -hmm. man it's so it's so many great um black actors and actresses that came and gone and and still out here doing things and stuff like that. also let me give a quick shout out to to angela bassett who played thank you yes hey let me tell you something she didn't mm, have yes. a lot of scenes in this movie but didn't when need she them. came on she didn't need them positive black woman I'm, I'm, let me get my life together hey, real quick i'm still going to gorgeous. school I love the good. whole conversation Fam. she had with the teaching was just like, what, did you think we made babies by ourselves? Come on now. Come on now. That's Damn. a black woman right there, I love boy. That. That's a black woman. That scene. Come on. I've, I, you know what, man? What's funny, you mentioned it. I had actually forgotten about that scene. I forgot about that line. Mm. And when she said it, I was rolling. Yes. Right. See? Wow. That's what I'm saying. This is a comedy in part. Like, some of this shit is yeah. funny. Like that. Yeah, so some of it is funny. Hey. Some of it is funny. When you go back and look at it, some of it is funny. Man. And I'm going to tell you what else is funny, and I, I know you probably caught it, but um, when they were, the fellas kind of standing, I think they were in front of Dookie's house or whatever like that, mm. 
and the guy walks by and he snatches the chain. Yes. He has on a We, we Want, want Easy t-shirt. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I saw, yeah. And at that particular time, Ice Cube's beefing with Easy E. <laughs> And so the idea of Easy E getting jumped, you know, a dude with an Easy T shirt getting jumped right. in the movie, that was that was brilliant. Oh, yeah. perfect! Right. <laughs> they did. It was a lot that was going on in this movie, man. Speaking yeah. of, can we talk about Doughboy? Yes, um, do. Twelve Cow. I will start with you. So mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that Doughboy was a bit jealous of Ricky. Do you see Doughboy's point of view as a brother and as a son? Because Doughboy gets treated. We know that Doughboy had his trouble even as a kid. They have clearly they have two different fathers. We 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 mm-hmm. we get that understanding. Do you understand Doughboy's point of view in this movie as a brother and oh, a son? Most definitely, most definitely. He he was the kid that was uh, probably neglected. Um, like you said, one they didn't have the same daddy. And maybe that was the reason why mom treated Doughboy a little bit different. And then Doughboy was, you know, he was a kid that got into trouble. And Ricky wasn't a kid that got into trouble. So it was like, okay, Ricky probably was, you know, he was like, I'm tired of saving my little, my, my, my brother. And so, but I, I definitely understand Doughboy's perspective and how he got to that point. And I thought Ice Cube, I thought Ice Cube was brilliant in this role because, you know, he was, you know, at that particular time, a rapper. And this is his first feature film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we just know him from NWA. We know him at that particular time. He'd gone solo. The nigga so you love to hate. He, the nigga you love to hate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we don't even know if he could pull this acting thing off. And he was so real. And, you know, he, he delivered his lines. And it was just, it was authentic Ice Cube. But, no, I, I totally get how and why Doughboy, you know, was the way he was. I mean, like, you think about it. Ricky gets shot. And, Right before he gets shot, he and Doughboy, their last moments together, they're fighting. You know, and his mom comes out, she slaps Doughboy. She don't slap Ricky. And then, you know, after they bring Ricky back to the house, she's saying, it's your fault. You know, she's going off on him and, and you know, Trey has to grab her. And, and even at the end, when Ice Cube, was, when Doughboy was talking to Trey, he said, she, she loved that fool more than she loved me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he, and he said, well, you know, I ain't got no brother. He said, I really don't even have a mama. You know, so he this was something that was ingrained in him probably at an early age that he wasn't good enough for her. And Ricky was always a, the, the, the light of her eyes. I mean, th- I mean, would she have mourned if, if, if Doughboy had been killed first, sure. would she have mourned? Yeah, she would have, but not the same way she did for Ricky. Cause that was her baby. And Ricky had a legitimate shot at going to college and who knows? I mean, played in the NFL. Let's go back to the early parts of the movie when she was like, you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> you never be shit. Yeah. She yeah. said, "Where you going, no. you little fat fucker? You ain't got no job." Oh my god! I mean, it was established from the very beginning. She was just like, "You ain't shit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and he walked around brushing his head like, "I done heard this speech before." Can I? Yeah, because he was like, "Is that it?" Because I gotta go. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was established right there. Rain, what do you think? Did you, did you see Doughboy's point of view uh, in this movie? Man. Or understand it? If we can watch a full season of Bel Air and understand Carlton's point of view, I can most definitely see where the hell Doughboy is coming <laughs> from. <laughs> this nigga, like the sins of the father, like you're being mistreated because of who your mama laid with. I ain't got shit to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they pour, he, she poured into Ricky much more because, hell, t- to be quite honest, Doughboy was the better child. 
He was the one who was more oh, suited wow. for that neighborhood. Doing, yes. Doing no, no. That? He was more he... suited for that neighborhood if we're just if we're going to be if we're going to look at it in terms of like getting out, quote unquote, the hood and not. He was more suited for that neighborhood and taking care of himself. He did not have a child. He did not have a woman living in the home with them, mm-hmm. though he didn't have any prospects for um school and all the other stuff. He could have quite easily gone into the military. There's no GPA requirement for that. So like if we're looking at him and Ricky side by side, yeah, Ricky has the accolades on paper that makes him look good, but that makes him look good based off systems that we're forced into. Go to school, go to college, get a wife, get a kid, such and such. But even according to those, this nigga had a baby as a teenager. That baby was like maybe what, one and that one, maybe maybe not Probably, two. Was but he walking? Close, he was walking when he had to be at least Yeah, he's one. walking. He's so, walking. He might have been I, about closer to two. I'll say two. Just to be, you know, be give you that. So for about three years, two and a half years, he's 17 now. What's that, like 15, 16? Like, come on. He's – so I think Doughboy was um, the child that she should have poured into more. Um, and for someone to have the colorful life that he led, he wasn't as sheltered. He wasn't as spoiled. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. And then he, he still took up for his brother. They were, I, I never got the feeling that he was jealous. I got the feeling that right. I'm I'm not necessarily jealous of you. I'm just, I don't even want equality. I just don't want this motherfucker to be whooping my ass and cussing me out when I'm not doing <laughs> shit. Right. Um, right. So no, no, I, I definitely see where he come from. And I do think he was the better of the two children. Um, if we're, ranking them some kind of way because it is that argument that ricky was the better kid no if you're looking at what white people telling us we need to have yeah he was better because he was going off to college and even thought about the military which you know they love that mm-hmm. shit bring your black well, ass over here so he can kill you. <laughs> ricky going to college wasn't guaranteed because ricky really wasn't that bright and he, but it don't it don't he matter he was praying that he, he was like if he, this sat don't come through I can't make it to college. I got to go to the military. It don't matter. They, white folks make exceptions. And when I say white folks, I'm speaking about systems in general. They make exceptions mm-hmm. for the niggers that they deem worthy enough. We just we we watched Do the Right Thing in that conversation mm-hmm. about, right. you know, Prince versus Mookie. Like, we both niggers, but why is Because this nigga entertains you. So even if he didn't make it, it to me, it, that... This man could have been a drug addict, and he still would have been better to his mom than um, than Doughboy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, him not having the grades, that don't mean shit. That don't mean a goddamn yeah. thing. You can play the um, uh, what was me, downtrodden, rise, boot, bootstraps, pulled up, hood, black boy. Like, so the grades, that's nothing. Nigga. Yeah. I always... So it took me a little bit longer to mature before I really understood the nuances between Ricky and Doughboy's relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause I was always out. First of all, I was an Ice Cube fan. That was like one of the first CDs <laughs> oh, yeah. I ever oh, got. Yeah. Ah, so I was yes. always just like Cube. It's Cube. It's Cube. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I used, I used to try to do the meme, but just like it. And I didn't really get <laughs> the nuances of of their relationship until I got older. Cause I was mm-hmm. I was the same way. I'm like, yeah, Ricky a punk man. Like he oh. don't do. He don't do nothing. Like he play football. Like who do it? You know. But Yo. that was me with hip hop glasses on, looking at mm-hmm. Ice Cube is like the greatest thing that ever lived. I'm like, mm-hmm. nigga, that's cute. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like, this cute. Yeah, he can't do no wrong. And then once you get a little bit more mature, you start understanding. Like, man, I was like, yo, 
Doughboy got treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Like the whole movie by his mom, his own mom mm-hmm. just was like, like some of the stuff she used to say to him, like, you know, uh, he a kid. And she was like, where you going, you little fat fuck? You ain't got no job. Like, who says that to their kid? <laughs> to their child. Right. And then we, we understand that, like, Doughboy is in and out of jail on a regular basis. Um, he finally gets out of prison. He said he's going to make something out of himself. And one thing that I used to love about Doughboy, too, is when people used to question, like, when when um, when they playing spades and he, he mm-hmm. was saying, uh, Trey was like, yo, what, what, what was you doing? He was like, basically, like, writing and reading to my girl. And he was like, reading? He said, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I, can't read, <laughs> I ain't no criminal. I, I can't criminal. read, I can read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That shit was, this movie is yeah, funny as yeah. fuck, bro. Yeah, that shit. It, yes, it's, it's some funny. It's yes. some funny parts. Man. It's definitely some funny it's, parts. Yeah. It's different things that 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 Doughboy say and do, and it's just like I get it, and it's like you understand that, like a lot. One, you understand that, like Ricky is a soft. He's soft. He's he's been spoiled uh, all of his. He's mama's boy. Yeah. When they when the football got took from who. <laughs> Doughboy went, got beat up just to get this fool's football back. And mm-hmm. oh was just God. like, yo, man, like his a footballer, he told him not to bring. Right. He knew what was going on. <sighs> got beat up. He said, I told you not to bring that ball. And then he was like, yo, his dad gave him that ball. That's why I tried to get it back for him. For him. Just different stuff. When, when they was um, when they was on Crenshaw and Rick, Bro, <laughs> Rick, this... Rick wanted to put, put his chest out to this, to this blood. This shit was funny. <laughs> and this blood Bro, was like, hey. <laughs> And Doughboy got to get out the car. He got to say, yo, we got a problem. He got to flash his gun to take care of his brother. You get what I'm saying? Um, I feel like a lot of people look at Doughboy the way a lot of, like, white America looks at, at Doughboy. You know what I'm saying? He a criminal. Mm-hmm. He been in prison. He don't know what's, you know, he, mm-hmm. he ain't shit. I'm like, nah, he real street smart. Kept He kept he kept Rick out of trouble. And mm-hmm. I think at the, towards the end of the movie, when they got into it with their last moment together, it's understandable because he was fed up. Yeah. So, do you want to go to the store for me, man? Get some corn. Yeah. My guy's the one she told to go get it. Show wife, you go get the shit. She ain't my wife, man, right? Shit. Might as well be. Y'all got a family and shit. Tech mobile plan, motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Why don't you go to the store with me? Sure, man. Let's do it. What? Nigga, don't fuck me. Fuck your wife. That's why you got a baby now. Hey, man, you big on my face, all right? What's up with Brandon? Hey, you a punk, man. Hey, yo, yo, y'all, wait a minute. Shit, they finna scrap, wait a minute, hey. Man, it's family business. Hey, man, hey, 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 yo, what's your problem, man? Y'all little brothers, you ain't supposed to be fighting each other? Finna punk, 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 Hey, get him, Mama's boy. Get him, Get Cut that out. Get off of it. Get off of it. What you hit me for? You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. You solved it. Oh, no doubt. And he went down the list. He was like, man, this dude got, he got a baby. He got Mm -hmm. in-house pussy. He got got everything. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got to cook nothing. Yep. And I do the running around. Yeah, he, oh, I, bruh. (laughs) This movie was funny. Even when his mom said go to the store, he says, Hey, Doe, go to the store and get yeah, some Yeah, yeah, he tried to get Doe Boy to go. He's like, yeah. Get out of here. He was on, entitled, bro. man. He would have been a problem in college, man. 
He would have problem. <laughs> Follow-up question. Yeah. If Ricky goes to college, does he make the pros? This is just uh, – I, I think randomly ma- maybe. Came up. I mean – Because he's going to USC. Right. He's going to USC, so he's not going to, you know, you know, he's not going to Oregon. You know what I'm saying? Like he and at that time, in that time space, uh, USC had you know great running back. So I, th- I think he's got more than a legitimate shot. But at least if if nothing else, he gets himself out of the hood, and he can get an education and you know get himself a good job when he gets out of college mm-hmm. for and make a life for him and his girl and his son. So yeah. He ain't making out the premium. I mean, <laughs> I see All American. I've been watching that though every season. I don't know, brother. If this show has taught me nothing, is that this poor oh, nigga, man. he gonna be in for a rude awakening. You might be good. <laughs> you might be nice now, high school senior, but you step right. on that college. I'd have to see what, how that first mm-hmm. semester went. I ain't gonna right. count him out. But um, I did. I also really appreciated the um, the conversation about what well, it's not. Likely, not not likely. What the man say? It, it's not guaranteed that you'll go to the NFL. So what else do mm-hmm. you have? I really appreciated that being in there. I did too. Because he's not saying you're not good enough. He's saying that there's so much competition. You also want to have something. And you're already in college. Shit, this is what you're here for. Like mm-hmm. major in something, nigga. So I really appreciated that exchange within the the campus visit. Because I think the homeboy was looking around like, hey, this where you from? This may give you an edge, but you ain't the only nigga in the hood. Like you not this not the only hood in the world. So I let me don't just say know. let me just say this too. The look that that recruiter gave <laughs> when he was like, That's my son. <laughs> he was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He said for real. Yeah. He said, Your little brother. Nah, that's my son. Nah, that's my son. So he, <laughs> the nigga said, Whoa, <laughs> we need to get you in college fast, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause that I gotta bring this up. And y'all might feel different than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just put it in my notes, and I'm, mm-hmm. I said I just present it to the to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Cuba Gooding Jr. felt very off to me in this movie. I, How so? I, I I just is it because he's the old man when everybody else was young. <laughs> Him and Lawrence was the same age. Is that why? <laughs> I mean, let me know because <laughs> that nigga was definitely thirty one. But go ahead. I'm <laughs> like, God damn, nigga. <laughs> Black don't crack, but it was, shit. <laughs> it was it was something about Cuba. When I look at the movie and mm-hmm. I see Cuba Gooding Jr. and he's playing Trey, and then I see him acting against all these other actors, mm-hmm. it just felt off. Like I was like, he don't really. He felt like he didn't really need it. He wasn't supposed to. I, I'm gonna talk about recasting and the re and the person who was supposed to play Trey is gonna blow y'all's mind. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Cuba Gooding Jr.'s portrayal of Trey? Um, I liked it. I don't. I think for me, the disconnect came from young Trey and Cuba Trey. That to me was where it was like, okay, what is the casting here, y'all? This was like, who did you cast first? It had to be that little boy. (laughs) They had to be like, okay, we've been through forty child actors. This is the one, and. When I see him, and I don't know if it's just me maybe looking through the eyes of, like, a kid, but he, the little boy, looks similar to Lawrence Fishburne to me. There's, like, something in their eyes, whatever. I don't know. But that being said, 
seeing young Trey grow up and be Cuba was like, this is like white people casted it. Why is this? Everybody <laughs> else was done well enough. Cube was mm, kind of, but I mean, I could get away from you, a little chunky mm-hmm. kid, and grow up and whatever. But like for me, that was my biggest issue. I think the scenes where he had to have high energy, like fighting the air with Nia Long or like with the cops, those for me is where he did very well. Mm-hmm. But then. When I rewatched him walking into the party, the backyard party, I was like, "Who is, is this man? nigga? A, a murderer? Like, is <laughs> right? he? A, yes. Is he a ghost? Who is this person? Can Can Brandy? Is she the only one who can see him? Because I was like, nigga, is, are you supposed to be smooth? Because you are. I am uncomfortable. Four hundred years later, like, what are you doing? And um, even his exchange with Brenda, I feel like another actor probably would have been able to act physically do more physical acting because he didn't speak much in that portion of the scene fast forward to him talking to brandy and be like let me hold on for a minute i was like what the fuck is happening what are you doing when he went to stand by that tree i was like what the fuck is this so i think for those more calm ish moments he was not great but for those like crying, high energy moments, even telling that story about um, homegirl, I was like, wait, now, am I re- watching this through nostalgia eyes, or are you really bad at this? So, right. so I, I so can it was, agree. It was times it felt like he was in a different movie. Like when you say a different movie, do you mean something that's maybe more PG, maybe more along the lines? Yeah, of he's like used it, it felt like he was in like a Nickelodeon movie or something. Like, I'm like, is this, this ain't Good Burger, nigga. Like, what are you... <laughs> Not Nickelodeon. I, I, I can, I'm, I'm going to give you that because I was like, uh, but I, I liked him. But again, that could just be the nostalgia. But Cal- he looks nothing like that little boy. And that's my <laughs> biggest. I, I, I'm, I'm very upset. Um, because I feel like if John Singleton was going to fight to get somebody in the movie, it would have been like Ice Cube. It would have been Lawrence Fish. It would not have been Cuba Gooding Jr. So that casting, yeah. mm. they could have went with Tay Diggs. I'm sorry. Like somebody else. <laughs> somebody <Not> else. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, they could have went with Tyra Banks. Hell, put a woman in that Stop. role for okay. the way he was acting. Nope, nah, nah. you know he could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be Tyra Banks acting. Hey, she's great. Kyle, what about you? Um, How did you feel about nah, Cuba? I, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna shoot I'm gonna shoot Cuba Gooding Jr. some bail, uh, and the reason being is that I think I when I look, especially when I'm looking at something like this, I have to put myself back in the time when it was in that particular time, and and like I said, I was in essence Trey was my age when that movie came out, so I'm it's almost like I'm looking in the mirror, but I mean obviously I'm I'm not in South Central, so. Even this, even like the outfit that he had on when he was telling the story about his dad when he met the girl mm-hmm. or whatever like that, the one that he smashed allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had on like a tank top and a Georgia Tech hat, you know, uh, the, the the strap hat and sweatpants and sneakers. I mean, like that's something that I would have worn on a particular day. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I didn't have a problem with Cuba Gooden Jr. I think, you know, when we look at it now, we look back at it because we know what who Cuba Gooden Jr. had become later in life and whether or not he played roles or whether or not you liked him or not, I think that's where people kind of tend to look at him through those lens. But if you look at him through the lens of 1991, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, 
I did notice that. I mean, yeah, the, the casting from the little guy to the the little tray to the big tray. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, like again, we're talking 1991, and this is a black movie that's coming out. I don't know. They might have just been picking people out the crowd. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to to, and it wasn't as it as as advanced you as know what? Yeah. casting is now. Yeah. So. I think we have to give John Singleton and Cuba Gooden Jr. a little bit of bail mm. in that case. Um, I did notice that because I kept looking at, and I've seen this movie a gazillion times, but I kept looking at little Ricky and I was trying, I was like, this kid looks for me. He looks for me. So when the movie ended, mm. I paused it and it was rolling credits and the kid's name was Donovan McCrary. Donovan I was like, I wonder if he's related to Darius McCrary right. from, from uh, family, matters. Um, family Matters. And they look alike. So no, they, I, do- I don't know if if he Just has a brother, Mike. but if he has a brother, that's probably his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, and I, that's one thing that I did at the end of the movie. But um, I didn't have a problem with the casting. I, like I said, I think you know we 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 tend to look at Cuba Gooden Jr. through the lens of twenty twenty two as opposed to nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I, I understand that. I just felt like I was like it's times where I just felt like Cuba was in a different movie. Like he. Like some of the the barbecue is the prime example for me. That part, but now yeah, you're right. That that scene where he walks off, he's like, she was like, why haven't you called me? He was like, give me a second, and he walks off and he goes stands by a tree, and then Ricky comes over, was like, yeah, she just left. <laughs> I mean, like that wasn't that was weird. Like was even weird. when he was like, was what's real, up, real dog? weird. <laughs> and I mean, like you know, but honestly, I remember at that particular time there were people in the movie theater that laughed. I didn't find that funny that she walked away and that Ricky said she laughed because in that instance Ricky's delivering the comedy mm-hmm. but there were people that that to Rain's point about you know this movie being funny there were people that laughed at that point mm-hmm. I do remember that I didn't laugh I just thought it was weird you know <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> you just, boy, you, yeah you you brought because again I'm looking at someone who was my age so that's not something that I would have done you got this fine woman that. that you had that, that you hadn't called, you ain't calling. She's getting on your case about not calling. That you say, "Hold weird. on a second, and you walk away. Come on, now, nah, man, you ain't doing that. Mm. that. Yeah, I was gonna ask. In you what universe going. are you walking away from Nia alone? I, bro, that was that was that was the weirdest part of the movie to me, honestly. The well, that there's another part that I'll bring up, but that the way he was either instructed to act like that felt out of line with the rest of the movie. Just the way he was smiling and. <laughs> this ain't boat trip Cuba too, nigga you, you gotta remember too this might have been one of his first roles I think it, I probably, it probably was it, so you know mm-hmm. he's not as see and, and I'm pretty sure you know he he could probably tell you about some scenes and Lawrence Fishburne probably could tell you about some scenes and Ice Cube could probably tell you about some scenes that they probably cringe look, looking mm-hmm. at today because they're so far advanced in the game as right. opposed to where they were in 1991 so Oof. like I said I if you if you put yourself in 1991 or the time in which you saw it, because like let's say you saw it in 2000, you were mm-hmm. you know a little bit older. Context kind of plays in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they all were horrible. And I, I'm gonna continue to um, raise this banner. Every episode, every episode that we see, Regina, bring back hood. I need Regina King to do one more hood role before <sighs> hood. Regina King yes. will forever live. I will forever stand for Hood Regina King. Deep worship. I'm sorry. I loved. Yeah, she, I loved. She was. She funny. was. She was dope, man. I funny. mean, like, yeah, and and like, even the, the, another. 
You know, it's funny. I, I'm I'm slowly but surely seeing what Rain is talking about. Where it's funny because, like, remember they had the barbecue, yes. and Ice Cube was like, yes. he's like, yeah, you know, um, he's like, man, hey man, y'all got some manners, man. These bitches gotta eat. Yeah. She's like, bitches, they ain't, ain't no bitches. He's like, oh my bad, ho, <laughs> like that. Bro, <laughs> no, he said these hoes gotta eat. Yeah, she's like, I ain't no. He's like, oh my bad, bitch, like that. That was funny. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, Regina King, man, was she didn't have a lot of line. And okay, so you guys tell me something. Was she Doughboy's girl or what? Was she, or she the just question. a homegirl? I didn't think Cause so. Even, Cause even when I saw the movie in 91, I couldn't figure that out. Cause she, you know, she's on the porch drinking 40s. She's with him the night that, you know, the, the cats get the cap and she was at the, at the barbecue. You know, she had a nice supporting role, mm-hmm. but I don't really know that she was Ice Cube's girl. Nah. Cause that was never established. Nah. I mean, he didn't have any type of romantic interest at all in this movie. Yeah, nah. So I don't know. But she I don't was, think so. She was around and she was drinking this. Yeah, she was around. She was just the homegirl to me. But again, I'm coming. I'm looking at it from a different lens. I was a little kid. I mean, I had friends, but I got a lot of girlfriends. So mm-hmm. you know, you flip it. In this instance, I always just saw her as day homegirl. Like, I mean, she had friends too, the Jamaican chicks. But like, <laughs> yeah, but she's out there when they kicking it on Crenshaw. She I mean, in the front seat. Why wouldn't I trash. mean? You know, say I want to be with the motherfuckers that's fun. You know, well, so. I guess. She, I guess. And she I ain't really. I don't know. I don't know about y'all. I ain't really had no girls rolling with me in, in, when I was that. <laughs> See, I don't like know. That. That. If, you rolling, if you rolling with me, we we together. Right. We, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you said context home matters. girls couldn't come kick it. Yeah, you were. Yeah, so yeah. perhaps. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Very important question. Where does Ricky's death rank on movie deaths? Out of the movies that you've seen. Let's go. All right, wait a minute, man. Let's split up. No, man, I don't think we should do that. I mean, if we got to throw some heads, I think it'd be better for together. Oh, uh, man, them fools ain't going to want to do nothing, man. They're just showing out and shit. I need you, Chuck. Cool. I'm out of here. Come on, man. This is definitely top five um, because, again, watching it live, you know, the second day that the movie's out, nobody told me that he got killed. Mm. I don't know anything. This is the first hood movie that I've ever seen. And, you know, we got the New York City story and we got the, you know, do the right thing story. So we, we got movies from different parts of the United States. So this to me, this is the first West Coast movie that I'd seen. Mm. And, um, yeah, that one hurt. Cause it's cause you saw him just being on the, he he was he wanted to make it he wanted to make and it said in the trailer he wanted to make something of himself mm-hmm. so it was like you know and it just so happened he was talking trash and you know 
And what's funny is the dude that pulled the trigger was the dude who's like, man, when, you know, when they when they ran each other on Crenshaw, he was like, hey, man, put the gun away. Like he was telling Ice Cube to put the gun mm-hmm. away because like he was he was legit scared. Mm-hmm. But he's the one that blasts Ricky. So it's like, um, yeah, that one hurt. That I, I would definitely say top probably for me, probably top three, because, again, sometimes and, and going back and watching it now, I knowing what I know, you can kind of see it, the scenes kind of building up to that. Mm-hmm. But having watched it in the movie theater, it was haunting. And I remember people just like, oh, like you just heard a, oh. Mm -hmm. And then like, and and I'll share this guy with you guys because I remember this vividly. I watched the movie with a bunch of black people, right? And so so when they come back, when Q comes back and gets revenge and they shoot these guys, man, it was literally black people standing up, clapping and cheering at the screen, I'm like, mm-hmm. y'all do know this ain't real, right? But they, but they were just serious. They was like, they were happy that Cube got his revenge. Yeah. So you know, it, it, that, but that's you know, that's that's black people for you. You, you got to take the good with the bad with us when it comes to movies. <laughs> but um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, this 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 that that was probably top three for me. Rain, where does it rank? Ricky's death. Same. It was um, it's so iconic that. If you Hell are yeah. anywhere with black people and somebody's running, even if they're not, if you if you just yell Ricky, we know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. There's no, you can have five cousins named Ricky. If some stranger yells Ricky, you know, especially you know in it. that way, you know. you know what they're talking about. That is the first mm-hmm. image that comes to mind when I think of this movie before any other character I think of Ricky and I see him running. I don't know if watching a kid, that shit low-key traumatized me and now I got issues that I haven't <laughs> unpacked. But I will say that is in the top. I'll say like you, um, Kyle, maybe the top three. It has it has to be because no other movie or TV death comes to mind. Like I'd have, I'm sure I could come up with something, but that, and not just because we watched this movie, that stuck with me. Um Mm-hmm. So I'd say, yeah, this is John Singleton, as the kids say, was in his motherfucking bag. There's no, mm-hmm. like Thanks. this. And um, to your point, Kyle, where you said that you watched it live and you didn't like see it coming because I watch movies and TV so much, specifically uh, true crime and also sitcoms. There is a formula mm-hmm. to movies and TV that I can see, but I can bet okay. you dime for dollar if I was to go back to 91 or even in 97, I wouldn't have picked up on, I probably wouldn't know something was happening or something was coming, but watching that for the first time, I don't know that I would have maybe right before it happened, like when they pulled up or right. something, but like, I wouldn't have guessed that. that that's not, mm-hmm. I might know this nigga got to get out. He, he got the scholarship. Or, so yeah, um, <laughs> top, top three. And it ain't number three. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. Mm, right. I, so I'm gonna be honest. I never seen it coming when, when it happened. When mm. first time I seen this movie, I was like, "Oh!" I said, "My aunt was standing right there, in the, in, uh, right <laughs> there," because she was, uh, she she was like, "I ain't trying to watch that. That all that killing and cussing in there. Mm-hmm. You know how you, uh, you folks be." Mm-hmm. And she was cleaning up, and she happened to be in the room when Ricky got shot. Lord. Didn't know the context behind it because she had been walking around, mm-hmm. you know. And when she seen, she said, "Why they do that boy like that?" <laughs> that's oh a, boy, that's, that sounds like a black woman, right? Yes, there. yes. They do him like that. She said, "Oh she lord, man, to kill um, that boy." 
So for me, mm-hmm. this flips between one and two. And it always flips between him dying and Kane dying in mm. Mr. Society. Okay, okay. Like some some weeks Kane will be number one and some weeks Ricky will be number one. You know what? For me, Kane's death really wasn't a surprise because Kane is doing the narrating. So I had already assumed that Kane was telling his story from the grave. And then I remember I remember listening to um, before I even saw the movie, I remember listening to Straight Up Menace yeah. by uh, MC8. And the MC8 basically details the story all the way through of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, when I heard him talking, I was like, okay, he's talking from the grave. So I already knew he died. I didn't know how it was going to be. So even in his death still was because I, you know, we you know, as a fan, you kind of hoping he makes it out. He makes it to Atlanta with Jada. Pinkett Smith of all people, um, that but, was good. Jada, but um, being, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the Jada y'all love. <laughs> um, but not, but not. Yeah, Ricky's death, man. And I mean, if like I said earlier, if Doughboy had gotten killed, because we don't see Doughboy die on the screen, but if we saw Doughboy get blasted, you know, we'd have been like, okay, you know, he kind of mm, had it coming. Nice. I don't want to say had it coming, but you know, you he was living that life and and you know that was probably predictable mm-hmm. but um ricky wasn't he wasn't a street dude mm-hmm. so you know it's it's always it's always a bad feeling when you see street when you don't when you when you see the street dudes live and the dudes that ain't in the streets get killed yeah mm-hmm. yeah anybody could get it nah, nah man i i these are two of my favorite hood movies even though I don't like the Cowboys in the Hood, a hood movie for real, it was because it was too much knowledge and it was too much. Yeah, it was too it was many a lot of gems and it was too many life a lessons in lessons. that. But um, you know I'm a I, if I'm being honest, I love Boys in the Hood, but yeah. I love Minister Society. Like Minister Society was more my that was it for me. Like I was like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like. Old dog and Kane, but this is not the Mr. But it it always flips between Kane and 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 uh, Ricky for me. So, well, I mean, like you said, the the lesson, one of the lessons that I think you know, you heard Lawrence Richburn's our pure style say, you know, any man with a dick, you yeah. know, can make a baby, mm-hmm. but it takes a father to raise him. Yeah, you know, wow, that's yeah. a real man being a father. That's, so that's, that, that's a lesson. That's that's yeah, that was that was a gem that he laid on us. Wow. Movie nerd knowledge time. So let's get into uh, so so the budget for the movie was six point five million dollars. Opening okay. weekend, it made ten million dollars, which is not yep. bad. Um, the U.S. gross was U.S. and Canada gross was fifty seven million. Worldwide stayed the same. Uh, didn't really make it outside too many other countries outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. The movie opened up at. My notes got messed up. Great. Let me put it's it all right. You got it. Let them use it. Well, I'll tell you this. While you're looking that up, I mean, for it to make more than what they what it cost them in the first weekend says a lot. Yeah. Because that didn't really happen. And you got to remember, there weren't a lot of black movies being made, mm-hmm. particularly none like this. Right. So if, honestly, if Boys in the Hood doesn't, doesn't you know, knock it out the park, then we don't get a whole bunch of movies that come after. Mm-hmm. Not just the hood movie. We don't get we don't get many black movies after that period because mm-hmm. black movies were coming few and far between. We already talked about do the right thing yeah. and how the you know they they had to push and pull just to get that done. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they didn't want that to come out. And that was in less screens. I, I want to say 
I don't think that this was in lesser screens than do the right thing. Um, but I do remember, you know, a lot of people going to see it. Mm-hmm. Move, I, the movie was sold out almost every showing Good. in my hometown. Yeah, Good. I remember the week. news saying that it was sold out everywhere too. Um, opening weekend, the movie came in at number three. Uh, it mm-hmm. never went past that. Can you guys guess what was the, the top five movies of that week? Mm. Uh, Terminator. 91 uh Independence Day Was that 91? Damn. Or was it nah. was it bad? No, I'm I'm guessing. Oh, this. nigga, I'm going to say wait a minute. <laughs> so, you know, top 5 Here's your top 5 movies of of uh Pretty Woman. Stop, right? Okay. <laughs> so, of course, number 1 Terminator 2 Judgment oh, Day. Okay, okay. Close, close. Um, yeah. Number two was 101 Dalmatians re-release. Yeah, I can see oh. that. Boys Disney in the thing. Hood debuted like debuted Point Break debuted that uh mm-hmm. that week. Damn. And number five, which is the oddest thing, I didn't really think that was a thing back in them days. The Naked Gun Two and a Half wow. was yeah, number five. That's very nice. Wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, <laughs> Damn. Tapped into white culture like we're supposed to be. So here's the thing. Um, we talked about do the right thing, opening it up. I forgot what was the number. It was a very small 10? number. Stop. Okay. It was like, I think it was 300 to 400 movies, I think, the first week. Boys mm. in the Hood only opened up in 829 theaters the opening mm. week. Worldwide. Oh, God. Be coming I mean, out. Nationwide, dang. Or yeah. in Canada, too, including Canada? Well, I don't, I don't, well, if we don't know says, that, that's all right. Yeah, it's just, it's just giving me what it gives, my man. Oh, man. It won't <laughs> um, this is this is John Singleton's first movie, and he was nominated for Best Director. Hmm. Now, he lost, of course. Mm-hmm. He was uh, actually one of the youngest uh, black directors to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the first in a long time. Do you want to know who who beat him out? If it wasn't, um, what's that Star Wars nigga? Um, Luke <laughs> George Lucas, Lucas. If it wasn't him, I don't, it's, he was robbed. Who was it? So here's who's who. Here's here's the directors that was nominated: Jonathan Demme for Silence of the Lambs, Barry okay. Levinson for Bugsy, Ridley Scott for Thelma and Louise, and Oliver Stone for JFK. Damn, I would have never guessed that. He lost. Here's the crazy part. He lost to Jonathan Jonathan Demi, hmm. Silence of the Lambs. That's who won Best Director. Mm. Crazy. This this is his first movie. He was fresh out of um, USC Film School, mm-hmm. uh, and they greenlit it. Not a lot of first time directors fresh out of uh, film school could get this. Yeah. Now here's why though. So um, we find out that like there was a lot of pushback or bad press for Do the Right Thing. The studio greenlit this movie because they had interest in making a movie similar to Do the Right Thing because of the mm. press that it got completely. I thought that was an interesting tidbit because yeah. we talked about it in our other podcast about like how they weren't trying to mess with it. And I mm-hmm. think what Do the Right Thing was 89? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So two years later, we're still getting... We're getting come. Th- we're getting, you know, movie companies still trying to make something like do the right thing. Crazy but, how Hollywood works. No, no. Um, to maintain a sense of realism, writer and director John Singleton 
never war- uh, warned the actors and actresses about gunshots. So the gunshots that were being fired, mm. real gunshots. Okay. Because they were actually filming in the hood. Mm. So all the reactions that you guys see in the movie yeah. is real. Brandy. <sighs> Um, there was a particular <laughs> there was a particular part where you see the recruiter walking up to the house mm-hmm. the helicopter that flies over that's a real mm. ghetto bird oh wow mm. wow and John Singleton uh, decided to keep that in the movie yeah, uh, Columbia strange. Pictures wanted to make the movie but wanted somebody other than John Singleton to direct it I didn't <sighs> know this just found this out uh, st- hey, some shit. Singleton believed that he was the only one that could do it Telling mm-hmm. the telling uh, Columbia Pictures, hell no, I'm not gonna let somebody else from Idaho or Encino direct my movie. Mm-hmm. It's about living in South Central Los Angeles. They can't come in here and cast cast it and go through the rewrites and know exactly what uh, the aesthetics are for this unique film. So again. he had to fight for the right to be able to direct it. Uh, he did have a back and forth with Columbia Pictures. They really was adamant about not letting him direct it. They just wanted to green light the script and go and collect the money and let somebody else do it. So right, fuck them. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shit, I, I thought that was really messed up. But that just goes to show. That's why we're celebrating those two guys, man. Why we're celebrating Spike and John. They really fought for like their right to be able to make movies. And I think that's that's a that's a dope thing. In twenty fourteen, Paul Rubens AKA Pee Wee Herman revealed that John Singleton was actually security <laughs> was security for the set of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Okay, he presented the script wow. to Lawrence Fishburne. This led to Fishburne actually being cast in the movie. As I heard Pee that. Pee Styles. I heard wow. that. I heard That's that. really dope, man. That's dope as hell. That's what's up. So, one thing that I never really. I, maybe I need to go back to the and, and understand the movie. The opening and closing scenes were direct references to Stand By Me. Hmm. Didn't know that. No, nah, I didn't know that either. Because the opening scene, you got the uh, airplane flying above and you got that zoom in on, on the the stop sign. Oh. Hmm. Okay. That might be half half as information that I got. I don't know how that, how real it I is. I mean, it might be true. I just ain't seen that movie in a minute, so and I don't yeah. remember the openings off the top of my head, opening and closing. So now, the, the one thing I did see too that I never caught before that I did see in watching it again was John Singleton actually makes a cameo as the mailman. Um, he delivers the so SAT. Yeah, he he delivers the SAT notice to the mom. He kind of looks up like, "Yeah, you kind of fine." Like that. Uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, she actually was. Uh, yeah, she was yeah. all right. Brenda, got a baby. She was all right. She could have, mm. you she know, what what Could have had a she third could've. one. <laughs> <laughs> when John Singleton was nominated, kid. when John Singleton was nominated for best director, he was twenty four years old. Okay, he beat out Orson Welles by a good two years as being the youngest director ever. Uh, nominated. So we're gonna go off of something that Kyle said earlier. So originally, John Singleton wanted members of NWA to be a part of the entourage, the people that we see, um, you know, Ice Cube's crew on here. Mm-hmm. But couldn't really do it because Ice Cube left the group. He left NWA, and hence uh, what Twelve Kyle uh, mentioned. The, um, we want Easy shirt on the crackhead who was still in the chain. Mm-mm. Of course, that was a bit of a diss to Easy E and the boys. So, damn, that's wild, bro. He got him because Easy E wasn't in no movie like this. 
Gonna get you back with another <laughs> sub. <laughs> but you know what, what's interesting um, too is, is something else I picked up watching it. Uh, every time Ice Cube was drinking a forty, it was Saint Ives, and at the at that time he had an endorsement deal with Saint Ives uh, malt liquor. Hmm. Shoot, Dang. a bunch of rappers. I remember Snoop. Snoop was the one I remember. Snoop had Snoop had the commercial. Mm-hmm. We used to see them commercials all the time. Mm-hmm. He had a, he had the commercial with Nate Dog. Just hit the corner mm-hmm. store. Just hit the corner store. You know what I'm looking for, Saint With a box of four party just a bouncing house full of no set tripping, just sipping on ST. That's how we do it in the LBC. You know what I'm looking for. Just walk in the house with a box of four O's, party just a bouncing house Sing full of that shit. no set tripping, just sipping on ST. That's how we do it in the Let's LBC. Say that was my shit. Yeah, man. Man. What the? I used to see that, that commercial that all time, the right? time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that commercial. Well, I didn't think they showed it anywhere outside of California. No, that was that was. Uh, I don't then. think I saw it, but I think I did. I I might have heard it on the radio. You, you, the way we had uh, bootleg VHS tapes, you probably saw yeah, it well, that's on some right. on some VHS. Right. So did. yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another interesting thing the role of Doughboy was specifically written for Ice Cube now John Singleton met him while he was working as an intern on Arsenio Hall in 89 Okay. Uh, Singleton claimed that the uh, other two leads Cuba Gooden Jr. and Morris Chestnut was simply casted because they were the first ones to show up to the audition <laughs> I heard that early bird interesting interesting so this was something that, that was wild to me. I don't know how true this is, so you can take this with a grain of salt if you want to. But it says when the little boy gets arrested and says, the kid that says to Ricky, yo, man, what happened? That's the same kid who ended up grow, who grew up in the one that was that shot Ricky. I could see that. Oh, wow. Now that I did not know. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Cause the, the, yeah, because there weren't many people in this movie, to be honest. There were, there were there was not a large cast. So, um I can see that. I can see that. That's wild. That's I mean, wild. Stuff like All that. Right, here, here's some recastings. I'm gonna start with the probably the most minimal one, and then I'm gonna get I'm gonna go up to. It's only three that I found. Mm-hmm. So it is said. I don't know how true this is. Monica Calhoun um, was supposed to play Brandy, mm. but she ended up committing to a TV show called Baghdad Cafe. Mm. Wrong move. Bad move. And um, that led to Neil Long being the person to end up getting the role as Brandy. Damn, that still worked together. There's only one Brandy for this movie. There's only one person could have played Brandy for this movie, Jack. That's it. That's it. Neil Long. Okay. This is the oddest casting that this is the oddest casting that could have happened. I'm going to ask you guys, could you guess who was supposed to play Furious Styles. James Earl Jones? Because, oh. <laughs> like, you can't really get um, him. I can't. No, I can't think of nobody back then. Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby. He wouldn't have done no hood movies. So, originally, Eddie Murphy was considered for the role of Furious Styles. They ain't had enough money for Eddie, man. 
and he could have played Furious. Style. But he not only could it, uh, not only could could he have not played him, but they couldn't have afforded Eddie Murphy because by this time Beverly Hills Cop has come out. I think Beverly Hills Cop Two is mm. out. Nah, man, Eddie was box office. He was doing stand up. He was doing movies. He he had he had already completed his run at Saturday Night Live. They couldn't afford Eddie. If that if that budget was six million, Eddie, they would have paid. They would have had to pay Eddie six million. Nah, bro. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I would rain. I wouldn't want him. Yeah, I would, I would no, no, no. Him. It ain't even. I wouldn't want. Him. See, but for me, I like when actors take roles that are so different from mm-hmm. them. Because we mentioned him last or the first season in Candyman. Like that would have been weird. Um, but for this, I don't know, yeah, man. Yeah. Even if he did, I'm always like, play something different. But I don't. I don't know, brother. Mm-mm. You can keep that. <laughs> no, you can yeah. keep that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Here's the biggest recasting what if that, that could have happened. And I'm I don't even think I would have wanted this either. Mm-hmm. So originally, the person to play Trey Styles was Will Smith. He turned down wow. the role to be the fresh prince of Bel Air. Well, one, good for him, mm-hmm. but Two, him as Trey. What did he do before before this? Uh, Nothing. He wasn't an actor. He was, yeah, rapping. he was rapping. No, yeah, but no. I mean, like in general, what did he do? So that was it, though, right? Yeah. Just I don't know him. Play, the type of rap that he had even back then against Ice Cube. I don't know. I don't know if that would have been a well. He well, maybe NWA. But even style. I'm just. I'm looking at like I was like what three. I don't know. I was like young. <laughs> so I'm looking at it as like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe that would have been a good, interesting mix because I feel like John Singleton has done a really good job. Even if he's not the one who cast the, every single role, I would imagine he would have some say so if he's absolutely like, I do not fucking want Neil mm. along. Like, you know, I feel like <laughs> they would listen to him. So I, I, I think, I think that would have been interesting because John, because of John Singleton. Now, if this was just random. Joe Schmo mm-hmm. or a nigga in Idaho who had the script who was like, yeah, let's get Will Smith. Then I would maybe question it a little bit more. But I, I ain't for it, but I would be like, let's see what this is giving. You know? but this would have been Will Smith's like first real acting job because Fresh Prince of Bel Air was like his first real acting job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I what, don't know so if what, I'd have trusted Will Smith on this one. And then I mean, you know what? That would have been, you know, would have been really tough because at that particular time, um, there was a lot of pushback because you had some rappers starting to try to transition into Hollywood, and so mm. you know, so there was some push. There was some pushback. There wasn't a lot of pushback in Cube doing this, but there was pushback in Will Smith doing the Fresh Prince of Bel Air because you know you're mm-hmm. you're just rapper. You never you know acted before, and now you're taking a role from somebody who was a seasoned actor, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, so if you put two rappers in a movie, I don't mm-hmm. know about that. And then like Ice Cube and Will Smith are, for a Fresh Prince are total total opposites. It's not like it's not like you're getting kid and play. You know what I'm saying? So that's different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So nah, I, I, yeah. I don't think Will would have worked. I I just yeah. wouldn't want it. I just don't see him. He would have pulled that same little. Is she still there? And it would have been kind of way goofier than what Cuba did. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he like, was a know. fucking menace. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, man. I just feel like he would be to me. And again, 
Will Smith toured with NWA, so he he been, you know, what I'm saying around that 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 kind of stuff. But I just don't feel like it would have played well on the movie. Nah. I mean, that's a tough sell because at that time, well, even. Cuba Gooden Jr. wasn't known for what he's known for now, so he was. I'm not gonna call him a relative unknown, but he was. It was a different type of vibe. But Will yeah. Will was already the clean cut, public. you know, corny rapper. Okay. Know. So. Okay, that's that's where I was going okay. with my kind of pushback is that he is white America's favorite rapper mm-hmm. back then, at least. So. Yeah. yeah, parents just don't understand summertime. You know. With, yeah, summertime had just yeah, come man. out. Um, yeah, he I I don't think he would have made it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there I don't yeah. think he would have made it through the first first day. Hey, what you about to say? No, Rain, no, Rain, he from oh, Philly, nigga. Rain, what you about to say? I'm saying that nigga well, I was gonna say one that casting of young Trey and okay. old Trey would have definitely okay. been oh, fucked yeah, up. Yeah. But no, he from he from Philly, you know, he was he got to a little fight on I the mean, basketball court. I mean, maybe know, if he play like, maybe no. if he's in that movie, he's a little thugged out and that might pay off for him later on with Jada. I, I can't I can't remember <laughs> what I can't I'm, remember I'm what sad. I seen. It was a it was a, Cube did some interviews before where he was talking about when Fresh Prince when when they went on, when was it? Wait, was it Fresh Prince? Was it Will Smith or was it Kid and Play? It might have been. I got to confuse Kid and Play. Never mind. Kid and Play went on to with NWI. I thought it was Fresh. Uh, what about Chris Will Cross? Smith. <laughs> Shut up, man. Oh, <laughs> Where are they biopic? But yeah, <laughs> that one's never coming. I I read it. I'm sorry. I said something trying to rhyme, but they can't rhyme like this. Hey. It's time for the categories, y'all. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the categories. Um, first category, I'm going to start with, actually start with 12 Cal. Uh, where did you rewind? Where are some of your favorite scenes from the movie? Um, where did I rewind? Uh, <laughs> definitely rewound the love scene. Um, and it was funny because I remember this like it was yesterday. As we're watching the movie, you know, obviously he comes in, he's swinging, he's mad at the, he's punching the air and everything. He's mad at these cops for messing with him. And when he starts crying, so again, I'm, I'm in the movie theater with a bunch of black people. Somebody, somebody yelled out, oh man, he crying just so he can get the pussy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and the very oh, next man. scene, you see her, you yep. see them laying down and then he yells out, I told you. And the whole audience just busts out <laughs> laughing. Man, I couldn't. And my uh, date, she was looking like, "Is that supposed to be fun?" I was like, "This is that is hilarious because I know that's what he was no, trying no. to do." It really is hilarious. And so, uh, <laughs> definitely rewound at that because uh, you don't get many nude scenes of Nia Long, assuming that was her body. Um, uh, what else? What other scene? It was um, the, you know, what was interesting was, and I I didn't really peep peep game on it. You know, in the years that I watched it, but watching it again, I, I caught this. Trey's day starts with him going to school or on the way to school. They go and they see where somebody got shot up and they see basically the remains mm-hmm. of somebody dead. And then on his way home from school, after he's had a confrontation with the little boy who called him African booty scratcher, <laughs> which is a classic 80s line, um, mm-hmm. he sees somebody get jumped. So violence is like always around. And then like his first day at his dad's crib, somebody tries to break in. So like, you know, his mm-hmm. mind has to be spinning 
you know, as far as like the things that are happening. But I'm trying to think of another scene where I rewound the um when when they when when um Ice Cube got his revenge, um and they shot him up. Mm. That was that was a, that was a good scene to rewind too. What the fuck? Bro, what the fuck you doing? Man, this motherfucker crazy. Oh, goddamn, man! And I'm on parole. Ain't this about a bitch? What the fuck you doing? Shit. Yo, yo, let's bail, man. Man, come on, man, let's go, man. Come on, nigga, now. running and like <laughs> i mean he got dude on the ground he's like man i wasn't a shooter and then he was like fuck you i mean like bro you on the ground he this mm-hmm. man standing over you he can end your life and you go say okay yeah you deserve to get popped yep. but um right yeah those, those probably the scenes where i rewound it rain what about you what are you some of your favorite scenes from the movie um probably that stop sign in the beginning no everything 12 constantly was like all of it but some of the funniest shit. <laughs> Every scene with Regina, but specifically that opening scene at the barbecue. Mm. Who is Bashonis? Let's try Ricky's best friend. He used to be best friends with Dobo when they was little. You know how they be trying to act like they brothers and shit. Girl, he is fine. I like to rush that. He go to Wall Street too? Uh-uh. He go to Crenshaw. Girl, I've seen him before. He work at the Fox Hills Mall. Mm. Do he got a girlfriend? Yes. Jamaican <laughs> girl was scoping on this hoes, man. <laughs> he fine anyway. You better watch his ass. Somebody might steal. <laughs> I don't know what the hell her accent was doing, but when um, Trey was in the in the party or whatever, and they was, <laughs> she was talking about, oh, he fine. He going to wash the talk. Like, however she nah, said it, that shit was nah, funny. he got a crenshaw. So, no, 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 no. When, when she asked Hunker, do he got a girlfriend? <laughs> Brady was like, yes, and she said, ah, Jamaica girl, man. Like, that shit was so fucking funny to me, man. I rewound that so many times. Because she was like, yeah, you better. What she said, he fine, so you better uh, keep you better an eye on him or something. Yeah, I was you like, watch well, you better this watch motherfucker is funny. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, sis, relax. Um, that was funny as shit to me. Um, this is, should not be funny, but the scene where homeboy bumped into Ricky mm-hmm. at the little, I don't know, at the mm-hmm. cruise spot or whatever. On Crenshaw. That shit was so fucking funny because it felt like, first thing that came to mind was West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're getting up and like, it, something about that scene was just hilarious shit. Because I'm like, these niggas finna either bust out singing or bust out shooting. <laughs> and I was thinking like, why this nigga the only one with a gun? Because I, though I've seen this movie a lot, some parts 
didn't come to me right mm-hmm. away. So I'm like, why the fuck is Doughboy the only nigga here with a gun? Like, if you coming out, like, th- then, of course, we heard the, the shots. But I was like, this shit is fucking funny. Because, Ricky, why are you... I get, like, nigga, you bumped into me. But then, when Doughboy got out and that girl was like, can't we all just go you one day with us? She was like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Hey man, what's wrong with you? Fuck you looking at, nigga? I'm still trying to find out, nigga. Hold on, hold on. Oh, we got a problem here? We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Oh, what up with this? Run away, nigga. Can we have one night where there ain't no fight, nobody gets shot? Shut up, bitch. Bitch, you a fuck. You call a bitch. Let's get that bitch ass. Why you like that? When I tell you, I laughed so hard. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, is this not a comedy, like a dark comedy? That shit was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Um, What else? The Regina at the Barbecue, uh, the marriage argument. I, that wasn't really funny, Mm. but that was so interesting to me because... Maybe I'm misremembering, but was this not the same storyline with Nia Long in The Fresh Prince? Didn't we, like, was she not the girl? No, nah, that Will was Smith? Kim Fields. Yeah, that was Kim Okay, Fields. so, I, okay, okay, because that kept replaying in my head, but like, even that aside, I was thinking this nigga is working so hard to get sex from this girl. Mm-hmm. Like, that, for that to be like, that's your biggest issue. And to be that Damn, young, where no, 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 I'm not saying that there's a bad thing. That's I'm that's I'm saying that is part of the reason why I rewound it. Cause I'm like, damn, like you, this is your concern. Like, of course, getting into college and getting out the hood, right. sure, that's a given. But like, this is your concern. And her um, mentioning that she's Catholic for me, that was brand new. I never knew black people could be Catholic. You know, I grew up in a Baptist. Um, you you Catholic? Catholic? I grew up okay. that way. Oh, man. See, I did not. Like, I mean, of course, as I got older, especially meeting folks from New Orleans, I understood. But like growing up in a Baptist environment as a kid, hearing a a beautiful black girl say I'm Catholic, that fucked me up. I was like, oh, that's a possibility. You can do that. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, shit, let's let's try on Buddhism. Um, (laughs) And then what else was it? (laughs) Oh, the, the Tisha story. I when I when I watched this movie initially, I said as a child, I said, "Oh, he's lying." Like I don't, there's, I I don't know why. Maybe that was just very good storytelling on John Singleton's part. But as a kid, I was like, "Oh, he's lying," mm-hmm. because the way he was telling this story, I was like, "There's no other part of the movie that feels like this." He's lying. He's mm-hmm. lying. And so when he came out and he was lying, I was like, "Oh!" Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> imagery of him running his half naked ass out the yeah. house like that. That's something I've since this movie. I think this may have been the first instance of me seeing that, but I've seen that in so many other movies and TV shows and stuff. But I always come back to this and this story so much so that watching it this go round, I was like, "Damn, wait, did this happen for real?" I can't remember. I want to say he lied, but I don't mm-hmm. know until it came out. Um, but I rewind that scene because I think it's done very well. Um, that's one of the better one of the better storytelling elements because it's one thing to ride in the car with Ricky and say I lied to my dad. It's another thing to show us this mm-hmm. lie and present it as truth and in a throwaway line or a, a quick line talk about how you never lied to your yeah. dad. Like that's yeah. very 
if you're not paying attention, you think he actually. But so, mm-hmm. um, I ain't even look at it from that. That's point that of is. A yeah, point. no, that's a great point. Yeah. That was that shit was that heavy. Was one of my favorite scenes is lying. One of my favorite scenes too. Mm-hmm. He and he, you know, just being able to and, and then also in in lying, telling Ricky that he lied to his dad, but also being vulnerable with his homeboy to say, "Hey, I'm a virgin." Yes, that yes. ain't something that yes. you're gonna do. I mean, because Ricky was like, <laughs> "You you ain't a virgin, are you? You a virgin?" Like, and so Ricky's finding out for the yeah. first time, and then he says, "Well, you know, I thought you had some." And he's like, "No, I ain't got." And he's like, "I'm," and then so Ricky, I mean. uh Trey tells him, "Hey, I'm scared." He's like, "Scared of what?" He's like, "Scared yeah. of becoming a father." And you, then you see, <laughs> you see Ricky's, Ricky's face, face like, "Uh, well, I'm a daddy," you know, oh, like damn, that. Nigga. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that scene, <laughs> and then obviously the scene, um, you know, the scene of him sitting there cutting his son's hair and them having man to man talks. Because I know, like, just on a personal, you know, that's when I would have a lot of man to man talks with my sons sitting there cutting their hair in the bathroom or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um. What a, it was another scene that I loved. Obviously, the, the scene where they go and Furious is speaking to the people. That might be one of my favorite yes. favorite scenes in the movie. They go to Compton. Yeah, yes. they go to Compton, and scene. he's just you yeah, know talking about it, and you know he dropped some gems right there. He and one of the things he said was like, he said, uh, "Are you sure we supposed to?" Be? He said, "You don't feel you, you feel safe out here." He says, "It's the '90s, man." He said, "We should not be afraid of our people." And I thought mm-hmm. I never caught that. I, I that never caught me. that line before, but I caught it when I read, when I listened to it again. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, I, I carry I carry that with me, man. With especially when it comes to being in certain places, man. Um, I carry that with me because he he ain't lying. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times, man, we get so we think about like, man, we in the we in the hood now. We, man, I shouldn't be scared of my own people, mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. I know that. What we've seen here in the past few weeks, especially with a lot of people, you know, with some of these rappers who are getting killed and, and mm. stuff like that, it, it's hard to feel and think that way. But he ain't lying, man. I've yeah. always been like, I can't, I can't, I can't be afraid of my own people, man. And 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 I can't just not go somewhere because of what it is. You know, but what you can't. Like, but on hell, the flip side, and I agree with you a thousand percent. But you just can't put yourself in harm's way. You know, like there's certain right. parts in in the cities that all three of us live in. There's certain parts of those uh, of the cities that we live in that we, at a certain point in time, we shouldn't be in, you know, because we yeah. one we stick right. out like a sore sore thumb, particularly at the time of day or time of night, you know. But no, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, you shouldn't be afraid to walk any block, but you also don't want to put yourself in harm's way either. Yeah, they was at Compton during the daytime. Yeah, so. I, I think yeah, I think you're pretty safe in Compton during the daytime. I think you know, maybe. <laughs> but um, love thing. that scene. That's that that's probably one of my favorite scenes, definitely. I agree. I think that was really anything with Furious really to me was I'll say this. We mentioned how in like higher learning and do the right thing. It may have been like, were they excessively preachy? I think Furious hit a very great balance of I'm preaching to you, but the way that it's presented to the characters Mm -hmm. felt like that scene in Compton was the most preachy of them because he was literally standing up talking to yes. an audience but for the mm-hmm. most part all the stuff he had to say felt it felt like john did a damn good job mm-hmm. like that was no over the top like i got it i got every message loud and clear and still enjoyed the movie and, so. and even in that yeah. even in the scene where trey comes home after mm-hmm. getting out of the car with doughboy he walks mm-hmm. in and now he he forbid his, his his father told him not to go and he went anyway. Yep. So mm-hmm. 
you when he walks in, you know, Furious looks at him and they look at each other and they don't say anything. And then Furious mm-hmm. walks in his room and he slams the door. So he knows so Trey knows that he's disgusted or disple- displeased with, you know, what he did, but deep mm-hmm. down he's really happy that he's safe and that he yep. didn't have anything to do with any type of retaliation or anything like that. Right. That was Absolutely. a great scene too. Oh my God. This movie was heavy. <laughs> and it was funny, but Yeah, it had it definitely has some some comedy in it. That that story Bruh. of, you know, him telling telling his dad, you know, that that was funny. Did uh Rain did you Wait, he was Rain. Rain Yeah, no, no, that's that's, that's really right. honestly it. That and Whew. No, I have I have a gripe, but I don't know. Should it, well, I'll just put it here. Ricky, towards the end of the movie, I don't feel like he was written well. I don't feel like he was the same person. So I did rewind the killing part, but it wasn't for that moment. It was for him stopping a piss. Yeah. Completely pissed me off. <laughs> like that. Yeah, nigga, we running from... <laughs> it's I, a buzz after us, dude. That... that I said, this is now at the point where we just need to get to point B. Right. So they're doing any because there's because the, he said to Trey, man, let's split it up. Like splitting up yeah. that too. He yeah. was like, yeah, them fools ain't really about nothing such such, but they're about enough to get you to run, but they're not about mm-hmm. enough to have you keep running. Like you could have pissed at somebody. You could have pissed later. You could piss on yourself. Just keep running. That I did not like. Mm-hmm. Fresh out of a Friday the Thirteenth movie. I was yeah, so, and, and that's it. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And okay. we in this open alley. Yeah. You safer between houses, yeah, like literally yeah. I, between that, that part I the didn't spaces. Where... Either. Like, duck <sighs> into somebody's house or go go. You know, just sit in the cut for a minute. They in a car. They're not walking around. And you've got to figure, okay, mm-hmm. if, if if they ride around long enough, they'll see that they don't see us, so they'll go about their mm-hmm. business, and we'll we'll be we'll be able to make it back to the crib. Just lay low for about was... 10, 15 minutes, bro. You could have double back. Oh, and then Doughboy is smart enough to he had he was smart enough to see they had been driving through all day and then he had seen them that one like he was like man these motherfuckers still coming he was like oh shit mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying Rick mm-hmm. I gotta go get, and then he was like let's 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 go let's go find my brother and Doughboy would have eventually found you know what I'm saying like yeah I don't yeah I ain't like that that shit was I didn't dope. like that either yeah John you did bad. <laughs> But they had to give you that. But that moment had to be in that movie. Like it somebody in this movie better. had to die. Oh yeah. No, no I'm fine with that. But it could have just been executed better. Cause that stopping a piss, <laughs> nigga. Are you fucking serious? I was so mad, but that's bro. What Trey I was, was like, like Trey was like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? Ray, no, no. That's where Trey was being meta. That's where he was not in the same movie. He was like, nigga, what the fuck is this? No, that. That was stupid. <laughs> so, that's all I got. Um, I have a lot of the same that you guys, you know, like the the trade sex story, mm-hmm. um, Furious and Compton. That's in my list too. Um, and the Furious and and Trey stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. when towards the end, when when they don't speak, I said yeah. that's about as powerful as you mm-hmm. can get. But I got mm-hmm. some other ones that that are really good to me. Okay. Like when they was fighting, the kids fighting in school, and he was like, <laughs> when Trey was teaching the class, Yo. and he was just like, punk, I'll kick your ass. I've seen that in school before. Bro, <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and, and Trey's just cussing. I mean, like, 
He cussing yeah. like, and they both cussing at each other like, like there's not man. an adult standing right there next to Yes. Time. Right. She was like, guys, was count to 10 and sit down. And she was, he was just like, hey, nobody's bitch, bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's like, at least I got a daddy. I, got a daddy. I get my brother have... shoot you in the face. Look, I, I'm finding it funny when kids cuss. I'm sorry. I, I like to see kids cuss. I do yeah. too. I'm sorry. That's hilarious to, to me. So. Th- this shit, right. right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Trey did, clearly. But Trey was 40, so. Um, <laughs> um, the first time we see Doughboy fresh out of prison, mm-hmm. I think that was one of the coolest scenes ever because he slammed the dominoes down domino and he was like, domino, mother- motherfucker. Yeah, that's, like, that's been a mm-hmm. nice Oh, right my there. God. I'm with it. Domino, motherfuckers. Say about that. Yeah. Ooh, that ain't shit. I beat your ass three times already. That's just one time, nigga. Let's play again. Oh, fuck that. I don't want to play no more. Let's bust some spags. Yeah, I'm with that gang. Bust some spags? Cool. I play spags, dude. Something like that. You know I'm out the pen now. I'm trying to keep my ass off this time. Well, that's what we're here to celebrate, right, man? Damn, bro, how'd you get so big? Up and on, eating, man. Ain't nothing else to do in the motherfucking pen. Yeah. Three hots in a cot, you know what I'm saying? The rest of the time I was reading and writing my girl. Read? Yeah, motherfucker. I ain't no criminal. I can't read, bitch. You get to see Q with the curl. Yeah, fucking hat on, mm-hmm. and then his whole commentary about like, um, they was talking about AIDS and, and all this, <laughs> yeah, just everything they that, was talking about, man. Yeah, yeah Duke it was then, wrong. Duke, you right yeah. there hitting, uh, hitting crackheads, crackheads. <sighs> this that nigga, was... but it killed, it it killed me when when Q was just like. He said, "Yeah, I can read. <laughs> what you? I ain't no criminal. Yeah. <laughs> I do know how to read." <laughs> nah, he, he was like, he said, he said, "Yeah, he said, uh, he said you can get HIV like that." He said, "Nah, can you really get HIV like?" that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm starting oh, to come shit. to your side, Ray. <sighs> that, yeah, come that, on. That, I'm telling you, he was the best. That, that yeah, was that was that was, was comical. The best. That was comical. The, the one of the other scenes that I that I thought that's outside of what you guys are talking about when Doughboy. Was on Crenshaw and they was talking about God, <laughs> and they was just like, they it was like, what do you know? He was like, first of all, you don't know what the fuck I'll be motherfucking knowing. <laughs> I'm telling you, nigga, this movie is a dark comedy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and they started talking about God, and he goes into this this speech about if God was a bitch, and then I was just like, this nigga's crazy, yes, and he was yes. dead serious. <laughs> yes. I God. think that they was. I think him and Regina King was boyfriend and girlfriend. So oh, had to be. I gotta find out, I mean, man, because they they didn't carry on like that. But she was there, you know. She was she was mm-hmm. ride or die. She was on the porch drinking forty. She was in the car that night. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe they was. I don't. I don't. And then then she kind of didn't didn't when that girl was talking. Then you hear. Then she say something in the background like, "Bitch, I kick your oh, ass." I didn't hear or something that. like I didn't that. Go back and watch. Oh. That. I didn't go back and watch. No, I didn't watch that scene. I I swear I thought I heard Regina King say, "Bitch, I kick your ass." When the girl with the pink coat yeah. pulls some more, can we all just get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Rain, she might have been the first. Can we all just get along? Yo, no, for real. That with that they had that fucking what's that shit. Love haters ass outfit. Uh, 
Yeah, with that pink yeah, coat. That, that, yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this a, grease? She nigga? had a bowling alley jacket on. Man, she needed her ass cussed out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that shit that is fucking vintage, hilarious. Vintage ice bro. Cream, he was. I feel like that was <laughs> off the dome. I don't even feel like that was in the script. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> <"Hi, man." laughs> you gotta move on. Yeah, man. Shit, nigga. Uh, I'll start with Rain. Rain, on the way up and down, actor, actress is moving in a good or bad direction post Boys in the Hood. Bro, Who every fucking body. God mm-hmm. damn. You gotta pick um, one. You I'll pick say. One? Um. Shit, Cube got with the, I mean, Trey got with the whites. I'm going to go with Ice Cube because he, uh, I don't know what he did next, but I know he did Friday, which was Friday, his. I think, like, was, I think that, that was next. next well, yeah, no, no, definitely Cube did because that franchise, mm-hmm. he, like he, he, this nigga was in 21 Jump Street. He was in Are We There Yet? He was like, he crossed mm-hmm. over. So I'm definitely giving it to Ice Cube. Like that, you went from, you know, fuck the police to like family friendly. But I think he still always retained, at least aesthetically, himself. Like he he always just looked like your fucking cousin or your uncle. Like he never went through, and not knocking it, but he never went through that phase of like, I'm Medea, you know. And <laughs> Not again, nothing, nothing against it. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have to. He never. He never had to. Oh, okay. Let me, so, let me walk this back. <laughs> so, let me just throw it out here. Yeah. His his next like major movie after this, and this mm-hmm. is a personal classic to me. I know a lot of people don't know about this movie. His next movie was actually Trespass with Ice okay, okay, T, okay. which is probably mm. one of the greatest hood movies I've ever seen. Okay. In my life. Oh, shoot. He definitely was on the way up. Oh. Friday didn't come out till um, 95. But that wasn't that far away. So I would oh, yeah, definitely, most definitely say. Yeah, I would definitely say. Um, I would say Ice Cube. He. he and because he did so well in this role, mm. and, and you could argue he plays the same character. But you can also argue Mariah Carey sings the same song. And, I mean, look where we are every Christmas. So, so you know what I'm saying. So I think I think Ice Cube. I think Ice Cube. What about you, Twelve Cow? Um, I got two people. I mean, like you said, you can name anybody. I mean, outside of Ice Cube, that, but um, Morris Chestnut and definitely Regina King. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh shit! I mean, damn, Neil Long too. But that's. That's Black Hollywood. I say those. Th- I, I, maybe I ain't supposed to pick three, but I'm gonna pick three: uh, Neil Long, <laughs> Morris Chestnut, and Regina King. Those three. I mean, because like there we go. They right after that, they were giving us you know black, hmm. yep. black movies. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. you look at the run that they had in the '90s. Um, all of them, mm-hmm. from Morris Chestnut for the movies that he did. Um, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, Regina King and then Nia Long. I mean, their work speak for themselves. And and what's great about that is that you look at their trajectory; they're still getting work, still getting work to huh. this day, and still putting out quality mm-hmm. quality work. So, um, and I love I love Nia Long. I love Regina King. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you can't go wrong with those three. Yeah. At all. Um. I, I'm on the same train, actually, with, with Rain, with Ice Cube. Like, mm-hmm. And I think this is more of a heart pick than anything else than a mm-hmm. head pick because it's Cube, man. Like, I was able to kind of see 
uh, Cube from, you know, being like an NWA up until like, are we there yet, Cube? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or him being just this big crossover star for everyone to like love but i for me it was just it's personal to me because it's just like i just remember cube just being an nwa and just being like to me one of the hardest dudes ever and mm-hmm. just being like the you know today was a good yeah. day like mm-hmm. i i just remember i remember cube going from a curl to like a fro like mm-hmm. when cube came out of the, when few what video was that uh, he came out of the, the bathroom. Uh, let me ride, Doctor Dre. Uh, and he and he had yeah, the, he and he was picking right, his was fro, day. and I was like, "This, I said, I gotta grow a fro. <laughs> like I gotta grow an afro because Cube has one." Yo. And I was like, and just knowing his music and just kind of just knowing, like his, like it's, it's so cool to know that music was his foundation, and it took him to like, this is. Freaking Ice Cube, mm-hmm. dog! Like, mm-hmm. to me, that man is like a guy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he mm-hmm. he uh, he's one of the few people. Like, I, I just I remember some years back as my my boys were getting older, like they knew Ice Cube from Are We There Yet? They didn't know, you know, it wasn't until mm-hmm. they got a little bit older. Oh, he he does music too. He oh he was in NWA. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like they recognized him from the movies. They didn't. And they recognized him from Are We There Yet in the Friday series. Before they got yeah. in, you know, started knowing about his music and everything like that. And that, I think that says a lot about his career and what he's done because you couldn't have, in 1991, at that time that this movie comes out, is like I said, it's his first gig uh, as far as Hollywood is concerned, and he's left NWA. So you couldn't have told me that anything was going to be successful because we just didn't know. And I mean, at that particular time, mm-hmm. people left singing groups. You ain't leave rap groups. And NWA mm-hmm. was, the, you know, they were they were they were called the world's most dangerous crew, and so for you to leave them and go solo, nah, man, we 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 didn't know what we didn't know what to expect. Right, nobody knew what was gonna happen with you. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, and that's he lasted. He, he, oh, yeah. I wonder what that's. He about to drop an album. Mount Westmore comes out in like what two weeks? Yeah, Cube, Cube is is he still delivered? I mean, and he still has a following and people still you know rock with him and his music you know so and he's still doing stuff in hollywood so he he hasn't lost yeah. his footing and i mean he's been going and he's still going mm-hmm. and doing a good yeah, job really good job really good job ice tea on law and order is not giving what it's supposed to <laughs> like i'm happy for him brother get your money but he ain't his acting chops ain't like i and well, you know what you know what it is, man. It, it's I think it's, yeah. it's because of how we were introduced to them. So when you see, because like my first memories of Ice T was Colors, you know, hearing the song mm, and okay. hearing him rap, and then you know, so I remember Ice T the rapper. So the first time I saw him act was in New Jack City, and I'm like, that's the first like, time I was like, Ice T, yeah. you Ice-T. know, you you playing a cop, mm-hmm. you know, is this gonna work? But it did, and it came mm-hmm. off smooth and. You know, to see these brothers, man, still doing it after this time. And I mean, like, you know, the interesting thing I always tell people about IC, like, IC is in his 60s. He doesn't look it, but yeah. he's in his 60s. So, like, mm-hmm. when I listened to Ice T in 88, I didn't, I had no idea how old he was. I thought he was my age. He was, mm-hmm. He's way older mm-hmm. than me, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but even just to see these cats still doing it, man, I, I think it says a lot and it yeah. shows you how far rap can take you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. 
Ooh, I bro. told him to bring him, bring him back down, and what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to bust him. <laughs> <laughs> that's about the best I see, bro. That's yeah, yeah. He he's but it's it works. I like yeah. it. It ain't no dig. That nigga he is not great, but it is. I love it. It's funny yes, as shit. Yes. Yeah. Um. Next category. I want that Oscar. This could go two ways. A particular actor, actress could be overacting. A particular actor and actress was acting their ass off. I went a different direction than this. I just want to say, and I know y'all probably gonna think I'm crazy, but I gotta say it. I feel like Cuba was Cuba Good G was a little <laughs> acting in here. I think it was a little bit much. I think it put a little too much sauce on some of them scenes. And then that the barbecue scene, honestly, I, hey, don't you think these ladies need to come over? Like, shut up. <laughs> he it, Bro, he no. was real extra he, he with did that a too. Good t- He's trying to impress. He did a good job when he needed to be serious, but there yeah. were times. Keep your kids out of the street. She smells bad as you. <laughs> like, nigga, what? I want to punch this ass. Like, nigga, the fuck? No. Uh. Like, and then, yo, doe. <laughs> Let me out, doe. Let me out. Let me out, doe. Because at first he, he was kind of quiet. Doe. <laughs> Let me out, doe. He, 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 he kind of sounded like Michael Jackson. Let me out, doe. Oh man! Don't don't just kind of look at him like, like, nigga. You want to? No, nigga. Okay, all right. We'll let you out. I I just Mm. felt like he 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 hammed it up in a few of those scenes, so I had to give him the the Oscar for overacting. Kyle, who you got in this category, Um, man? Definitely Oscar for uh, Lawrence Fishburne, man. Again, I he from start to finish. You know, I mean, you could. There's a bunch of people you probably could pull from, but yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, man, hands down for me. Hmm. You niggas took both Ring. my picks. Um, you can pick. Uh, you can still pick the same. No, because I, I want some diversity in this picks. <laughs> um, I'll go with the man who stole the football. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Because his so story he... arc, that nigga, he, I, he, I need his prequel. It ain't got to be a movie. Just give me twenty minutes. What that nigga be doing? Because he was. <laughs> He dead, so y'all he fucking with you. So why y'all fucking with? Oh my god, him and that the uh, the thicker yeah, nigga. He, he was that, that was. I was like, what? Give him the ball. What is this crew up to? Be, hey, <laughs> be honest. Do Ricky get his ball back for real from the no? Niggas? In real life, no, <laughs> no, because they gonna play with it. They gonna they no, no. He doesn't because in real life, once he throws that ball, he says thank you. Ain't nobody checking to see if you know if they g- can give it back or whatever like that. He's he's got to go home yeah, without. It. Yeah, they ain't giving his ball mm-hmm. back. No, hell no. Hey, yo, Rob. I was mad he got hey, that yo, ball Rob, back. Get little nigga's ball back. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, because that that means I got my ass whooped for nothing. <laughs> like if you you didn't have to lift a finger, and I still got my mm-hmm. ass beat. You didn't try to help me, nigga. Like. This grown nigga kicked him in the stomach. Yeah. yeah. The fuck out of yeah. here. I was so Move mad, bro. I was like, deflate that fucking ball, nigga. Uh, <laughs> um, shit. Yeah, no, nah, he don't get that ball back. Nah, in real life, he does not get it back. Yeah, he <laughs> shouldn't you, get that ball back. Who do you pick as the winner? Of the, uh, your oh, nigga, the ball. No, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, it's between Regina and Ice Cube, but I'm going I'm to go with Ice Cube because I feel like. Knowing this is his first role, 
I think he did a good job. And there's an argument that could be made that he's probably playing himself. Mm-hmm. But to play yourself in a movie like this, that's essentially a first of its kind and do it so well to the point where you're like booking roles after. And he's the believable actor. Like he, we're not questioning his acting skills. So I would say I, w- I would have to go with him because y'all, you know, pick my other choices. So I definitely go with what Ice Cube is like deserving yeah. of an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna skip the moral of the movie. I don't think we have to get into that. That just well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh could this be made in 2022? Could this be a show and or movie in 2022 with streaming service? How many episodes? I can't see this being made in 2022. I'm sorry. I, I tried to figure out how it could work. I don't really think you could tell the coming-to-age movie in the hood like this no more. Because, like, these these cats was, like, out. this is at a point where you had to be, like, outside. And and I just don't feel like it could be. I feel like it can be made in 2022 as a movie or as a show. Yeah. Kyle, what about you? Um, I think they could probably do it as a show. I don't think people would flock to it to the movie theaters to see it in the movie theaters again, but they could probably do it as a show as a reboot. Maybe pick up where because we know how the movie ends. Doughboy gets killed mm-hmm. and you know, Trey comes to Atlanta to go to Morehouse and uh Brandy mm-hmm. goes to Spellman. Brandy. Brandy and Brandy and Trey get married, they have a kid and their kid and but they're instead of them living in the hood, they're now living in the suburbs of Atlanta. And then, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, Dookie, he's got, you know, he, he has a son and he's in the hood. I mean, like, there's, there's ways that you can build. Ricky's kid's still alive. What's that? Ricky's yeah. son's still alive. Yeah. So, you know, Ricky's son Ricky's son might be the kid that's that's in the hood or whatever the case may be. So, um, so it's, it's ways that you can do it. I, I Like I said, making it another movie, I doubt it. But I could definitely do a series and, and do a 10-part series. Eight to ten point series yeah. in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I could do that. Hmm. Interesting. Rain, what about you? Honestly, now go with me. One of two things. Honestly and truthfully, go the musical route. You've already done it with no, no, because you've already done it with set it off. Like there's been our classic black movies, but a lot of these scenes. Do feel like some West Side Story type shit, so I say reimagine it in that way. Um, or I would go the uh, HBO Max uh, route, but I would make it a period piece. I would set it in um, the nineties. Yeah, I would set it. I would. I would set it exactly where it is, and it doesn't have to be beat for beat. But I feel like if you give me a series, I would honestly and truthfully like to tell the same exact story beginning to end. However, I'm focusing on the fringe characters. I want to see what, uh, was it Raina, Rava, what she was mm-hmm. up to. I want to see uh, what happened when um, Doughboy was in jail. Like, I want to still end up with Ricky dead, but do it in a way where it doesn't have to be seen. Like, at that, that point of the series, Let's focus on Brandy's point of view. She's talking to her mom. I'm trying to get the spellman. You you hear a loud noise. You run outside and you but you never see Ricky's body. So I would love to see period piece ten episodes. I'll even give you eleven. 
know, just throw it in and give me every that same exact story from those people's point of view. Because I think now in this day and age when we get so many superhero movies and all of this large continuity of like this movie and this movie and this movie, it would mm-hmm. feel really good to have some of the nostalgia nerds like Homeboy who did Bel Air go back and take the events of this movie and take wardrobe, mm-hmm. hairstyles, music, like just that little was a kind of like tracksuit that Brandy wore at the end of the movie. Like I haven't seen anything like that, like for real, for real. And even that shirt homeboy had with, uh, with the circle on it, Trey had like that, like those iconic pieces. Mm-hmm. I would love to see somebody go back in and actually retell this story, give us some side stories, make us fall in love with the community and the cast, still keep the drama, but just keep it off screen. And, you know, cause I think that would lead, lend itself to like possibly a season two where you don't have to again you can you can build on the stories you created in the first season that were not explicitly told in the movie Mm -hmm. and so you are still getting this story and you're sort of getting a reboot but you're able to infuse hindsight being 2020 like you know if you know bush is coming up or covid or something you're able to like put in these easter eggs in a way that I feel like stays true to the original by telling the story, but kind of honors it a bit more by remixing it in a way that doesn't take away from the shit that happened. So, mm. but yeah, or making okay. a musical and be done. Ta ta ta! Oh my god, we're gonna go back to you. Change two char- two actors in the movie to make the make change two actors to make the movie better. Take two characters, you change the actors and actresses who would play them and see how they make the movie better. Rain? Okay, so honestly, I didn't want to change anyone because I feel like a lot of these people, this was their first movie. But if I had to, I think, though they don't look shit alike, I think Tupac being Trey would be an interesting choice. Um, I think you, you wouldn't get some of the funny awkwardness we spoke about before. Um... And this may be controversial, you know, seeing as how we, where we are now, but I think changing Brandy to Stacey Dash mm. at that time, Stacey Dash, I think that would be a interesting, because I'm, when I look at her, like mm. in clueless era, so one, the urban side of her, where she was very much uh beauty of the week. She was the video, like she was the, the beautiful black woman. Mm. Not to say she's ugly now, she just has ugly views. Um, and then seeing her in Clueless. Though she wasn't ghetto, she was the ghetto friend in Clueless. She had money, but she was very much dookie braids, piercing in the nose, fingernails. She was giving you the hood side. She was giving you that Regina from this movie, but in wealthy casing. And I think that if because Brandy was the woman with the biggest role. I would love to see what Stacey Dash would have done with that role. Um, you know, playing off of Tupac or even off of Cuba. But I think those two would be the only gun to my head choice I would have made. Hmm. I thought long and hard That's about this, man. I, I I think if you if you take somebody out, then you kind of change your trajectory of the movie. And I, there was nobody mm-hmm. that I felt like really needed to be replaced. I mean, like if you take, you know, little Chris out, you know, you take him out of his wheelchair, you know, you put somebody else. Can't take little yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. like you just because everybody seemed to fit. So even Monster, Absolutely. Monster was 
he was a, a key character. And it, the the thing that I really mm-hmm. paid attention to um, that I didn't pay attention to in the years past was after Ricky got shot, how Dookie and Monster are reacting in the background. Like they never come up on him. They never come see him close up to see him bleeding out and bleeding to death or whatever like that. They don't really make contact with him until they have him in the car. Um, but I, I can't really think of, um, I can't really think of anybody. I couldn't come up with anybody that I would want to replace. Cause I think everybody kind of mm-hmm. fits. It's like a big puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody kind of, I think all the pieces fit. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I literally said, I got to change Trey. Cause I don't know. <laughs> no damn. So I had to scour the internet to figure out who I could find at the, from that era, from that time. And the only person I could come up with, and y'all might crucify me for it. I don't know. Alan Payne. Why not have Alan Payne as Trey? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, might, that might work. What did he do around this time? Was it Blue Hill Avenue? Or was that in the no, early 2000s? No, Blue Hill Avenue was way past That was in the this. 2000s? Okay. Yeah. What? I have no idea. I just seen, I was just looking up actors and. Because he didn't do Jason like, yeah. Alan Payne. mid-90s? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, maybe Alan Payne could have did it. If we, changed, ass <laughs> if we changed the kid. <laughs> mm. Everybody would work if you changed the kid. Everybody except for Trevante Rose would work if you changed the kid. Because <laughs> so I ain't worried about that no more. <laughs> um, but funny enough, I looked up the kid and him as an adult. He looks not like in the face, but he looks like what you would probably expect from Trey. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. grew into this like tall, kind of muscular, light skinned guy. But he got that same exact face, man. This nigga. <laughs> oh, he, that's him. I knew that was him. And one other thing that I, I, I wanted to do because I'm crazy, it's like, you know this movie could have used Bokeem Woodbine. Oh, somewhere. come on, man. I don't man. know what we, we, We've had enough of Bokeem. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have Man, you don't Just don't make him a Bokeem. villain. Just don't make a movie. I like just needed him in the movie somewhere. Just for yeah. a quick second. Just pop up and be like, and him just wild out for a second and then leave. Oh, what the? Yo. Uh, I love oh, Bokeem Woodbine. He is a Hollywood, he is a black, uh, uh, he is a black Hollywood all-star to me. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 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 all right. This is it. Okay. Final category. And the most important one. Who won the movie? Um, I'm just gonna go first. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we might all have the same answer, but I, I'm gonna just go ahead and, and start. Furious Styles. Mm. Furious Styles was Fury out of all the characters that They're I good. love from this movie. Furious made probably had the the most the most impact. He dropped the most gems. He showed so much as a positive black father, like you can't even say that in a lot of movies about, uh, you can't say that these three words, positive black father about a lot of movies. And he was so, you know what I'm saying? And then when you look back, when you get a little bit more mature, you look back and you say, yo, Furious had his own business. Mm -hmm. Furious raised his son. Furious did what he had to do. And he was, he was cool about the kind of gems he was dropping to everybody. It wasn't just, wasn't just Trey that he was dropping gems to. He was talking to everybody in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Everybody. And then the simple fact that, like, what really got me was Trey's, and and I think Kyle said it, Trey's rationale of getting out of the car 
was nothing but Furious's influence from him being a kid mm-hmm. and the things that, that Furious t- told him as a kid. You know what I'm saying? His son still made it to college. His son made it out the hood. Mm. It just, Furious Styles, just his impact on this movie is such so great. And Lawrence Fishburne played that character to the fucking T. I couldn't give it to nobody but Furious. Mm. Kyle, um, who won the movie? I'm going to go okay. with Brandy, Nia Long. Um, childhood crush. Fuck, fuck. Childhood crush, uh, you know, still a crush to this day. Uh, you know, even though I'm happily married, <laughs> if Nia Long came in this room, I'm shooting my shot. You know, and my, ah! my wife probably she probably be like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, shoot the shot, shoot the shot. I gotta wait till the finals <laughs> over with before I shoot my shot. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I do I do remember her because at that particular time she was on uh, CBS. She was on the Guiding Light, and I don't even I didn't even oh. watch soap operas at the time. And I just remember I came home class one day and I I saw on my TV screen. I was like, yo, who is this? And she was just stunning. And I ended up watching The Guiding Light just because she was on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, like, she, she's always been a crush, man. So all of her movies, everything that she's done, I've watched. So, yeah, she 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 stole it from me. So. In, anytime like a brother you stunning, you know you got a crush <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, she's hey. stunning. She is not, hey. even to this day. To this day. Is she? Ah, uh, she's Caribbean, ain't she? I don't know. Or some more. Yeah, they're they're. Okay, I thought she. No, because their 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 daddy is. She's. Oh, I don't know which island though. She is from the 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 uh, the fine tribe from. Okay, she's from New York, okay. but she's um. Her and Samore or Simone, whoever her sister is, Samore. they both. Samore. Samore. Yeah, what is her? She's something. I, I think Trinidadian. I don't okay. know. But yeah. Good. Yeah. Take my wallet. <laughs> oh. Well, after the finals. I got to wait to see if Golden State win and if I still like her after that. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm we beefing right now. She she's married to the head coach of the Celtics, so beat his ass. We could roll up on that nigga. Okay, dope boy. Say, <laughs> I know I got at least two weeks to live. So what? What's up? <laughs> two weeks. You know what I'm Who won yeah. the movie? Right? Yeah. Since both of you. y'all took my and both. How the fuck both of y'all take my? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Dookie because he had that pass. Uh, Trey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go I want to go with Rava, but I'm going to go with Trey. Because Trey had a wonderful set of parents who did not argue. They did not make this shit awkward for him. And when they did, he was old enough to have already made up his mind about mm-hmm. both of his parents. So that argument in the hallway wasn't no six-year-old hearing this shit. His mom set him up to be a great person, hold, held him to a contract he wrote on notebook yes. paper. His dad was a phenomenal father to not just him, but the community. He was a more well-rounded person because you were not only friends with the Rickies, you were friends with the Doughboys and also with Chris. If I want to you know, slide that in there, Chris was a handicapped person that they treated with the same respect as everybody else. He wasn't a sob story. That nigga rolled up on the crackhead just like everybody else. He had shit to say just like everybody else. So he was very well-rounded. His only issue to me was like the desire for sex to the degree that he had. But when that's your only flaw and you still got the girl, you still got out alive. Yeah, you lost your best friend. But 
you are taking with you your entire family. You have a stellar education. You're at an HBCU in the early 90s. You are definitely, quote unquote, black excellence, like incarnate. Like there's no, you have been set up to win in a way that Ricky could have been, I think, if his circumstances were different. Mm. I think Trey is everything that you wanted Ricky to be. And it sucks that you had to lose your homeboy for that. But even in those moments that were like trying moments, like you said, you had Furious in the back of your head saying, this is not what the fuck you need to do. So I honestly and truthfully think his mama won. But because <laughs> she wasn't in the movie that much, I'm going to say Trey won. Trey won the Trey movie. Style. That nigga won. Well, guys, that is our, um, I don't want to say review, but that is our rewatch uh, this is our episode where we rewatched Boys in the Hood. Please tell mm-hmm. us what you think. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you use the, the hashtag WWT and uh, just tag us in it and tell us what you think about the movie Boys in the Hood. Kyle, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, how they can, what and your podcast, what they how they can listen oh, to Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, it's called the 12 Kyle Podcast. Uh, a new episode drops every Thursday at midnight. Uh, you can find the podcast this is on all podcast readers. Um, you can follow me on social media, uh, at 12 Kyle across the board. Um, yeah. And I'm, you know, just talking about regular stuff, man. Talking about music, talking about life, talking about how life was before the internet. Uh, so yeah, check out the <laughs> podcast. If you, if you like to have a good time, if you want to laugh a little bit, if you want to hear a good story or two, come check me out. Yeah. You just dropped a Jeopardy episode. The hip hop. Yeah, Jeopardy. man, that was fun. That was saying. a lot of fun. Me and my man Eclectic did it. I just hit him up and I was like man I want to do it and so I came up with a Jeopardy episode just Jeopardy questions legitimate okay. uh, questions and it I had the Jeopardy music in the background and everything it was really really dope <laughs> so we we've already we've gotten enough feedback that somebody said that they a couple people said they wanted uh, an R&B one so we're going to do an R&B Jeopardy oh. so hey. 80s That's 70s okay 80s now. and 90s we won't dig into the 60s but 70s 80s 90s and a little bit of 2000s we'll, we'll hit that so that's what's up. Yeah. Rain Coleman. Where can yeah, they find good, you? Bro. You can find me at Morehouse College <laughs> with my girlfriend, Brandy. With Brandy across the way? Hey, look. Get it how you live. No, um, hit me up on Twitter. Carefree Blurred or Rain Coleman. Either one. But Twitter is the most immediate way to get in touch with me. Um, check me back here on this program. And uh, what we dropping and, and picking up and all that. And, um... Uh, shit, Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. If you want to listen to some nerd shit, I talk shit, vent, rant. You're doing some currently reviews. doing the Tom Swift stuff. Oh, for fucking sure. And I'm going all the way in. And uh, like I'm like I'm getting paid by them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm testing my abilities, I'll say that. But yeah, uh, currently reviewing Tom Swift, and I have an article out why I think everyone should be watching Tom Swift. Regardless to if you're a gay black billionaire or not, I feel like everyone should at least watch the first episode. Um, but yeah, catch me on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. I'm, I'm there talking my shit. Hmm. And if you guys want to check me out, I am always on BYK Radio every Thursday for Thursday Night Lights. I give you guys some music news, some new music. Um, actually telling you guys what's going on in hip hop currently and my infamous final four. Um, so every Thursday from seven, uh, well, by the time this launches, it'll be from seven. I'm, I'm from seven to nine, you'll have me 
You can listen to me on every Thursday. So uh, check me out there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Cole Jackson one two. I'm on Twitter. I let my tweets fly sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm watching everybody else and what they're doing. But you can always hit me up on Twitter. And you can always hit up the podcast on Twitter. Um, at We Watch This Pod. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you use the hashtag. And tell us how you feel about the show. Mm-hmm. All right. We're good. That was Boys in the Hood. Done. Finished. We're still celebrating Spike Lee and John Singleton. Mm-hmm. So uh, you guys be on the lookout for the next episode. And we'll catch you guys next time. thousand. One thing, you don't know what the fuck I be motherfucking knowing.